Hello friends, it's your old pal here, Kevin. I wanted to start this episode off firstly by giving a huge, massive, massive thanks to everyone who supported us on our new Patreon page, which we've just set up, patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. We've got nearly 300 backers in around about a month since we've launched, and I've been absolutely blown away and overwhelmed by the support. I just want to thank everyone for helping make this a huge, big success. If you've not done so already and you want to check out, maybe get some more content, head over to patreon.com slash AE podcast, and you can get access to some bonus content, including me and Adam reviewing all of SmackDown. Details are all over on our Patreon page, but for now, enjoy the podcast. I'm sitting at the edge of tomorrow, and it's all up to me how far I go. I'm standing at the edge of tomorrow. I've never seen such a view before. A new world before my eyes. So much for me to explore. It's where my future lies. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era podcast and we're continuing our review of The Rock's return in 2011, now into 2012, this is Wrestlemania 28. However, once again, I'm Cowboy Kevin Mann, joined as I am in this review of The Rock forcibly inserting himself, never leaving, never going away, but not really, not literally, yeah, okay, you misread that if that's what you think. Join, of course, first to my right by the deacon of coffee, uh, Mr. Adam Bibolo. Fine speech. Nice to be here, Kevin. How are you doing, Adam? I'm I'm good. I've been better. I really, I fucking hell, I regret this idea, this whole course of action so much. Exposing the business We're here. three episodes in and it's such a slog. <laughs> this these. is the halfway point. Yeah. We've got another three pages. Yeah. I, I love it. we were like, yesterday there was a point where we were like, oh yeah, when we're doing this, we can do some some fun shows that we really like. Yeah. <laughs> We're a way off yet though. We have, uh, we have un- unquestionably, we have lifted the lid off a can of food that we didn't think would be this gone off of date. We thought there'd be a little bit of, of mold, a little bit of the blue fungus. Mm. We didn't think there would be worms and a demon and a koala going inside this can of food. And to my left, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. Fine speech. You just said, uh, just did your hair there. Yeah, didn't I just you? adjusted my hair like Mr. Cena. Pop that lid back on your head, did oh, you? Oh yeah. Because Billy Keeble is actually a liquid in a man-shaped glass. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today, Billy? Uh, I'm okay. Still sick. Billy being sick on two episodes exposes the podcast a little bit. Yeah, it makes a... it seem like you've been sick for a very long time. <laughs> Billy. You know, Billy Keeble, that old horse, like enough to uh, you know kill him or get rid of him. Susan Sarandon, I'm just saying, DM me, yo. Okay, I followed you. Why'd you follow me back? WrestleMania 28. Interesting WrestleMania for a number of reasons. First and foremost, this was the first WrestleMania the three of us watched as a triad. Yes. So <laughs> when we experimented with the polyamorous relationship, you mean? Yeah, exactly. The three of us all lived together. The, the three of us, and uh, you know, we, we we tried some things. We lived together <laughs> for a while, and we uh, watched some wrestling. Now, I will say, off the bat, with this fucking show, I walked away from this show at the time and walked into it watching this show the other day thinking that this was a good Wrestlemania and I am 
of the opinion that this is one of these occasions where your fucking friendship, like it's good for anything, has made me think wrestling is better than it is. Because yeah. I was enjoying myself at the time watching wrestling with friends. Yeah. And that was a major miscalculation on my part. Do you remember seeing this together? This yeah, one? yeah, it was, it was great. Like this, we went to Riley's snooker bar to watch it live <laughs> on the big screen, if you remember. So people like over in America are always kind of... I like to think that they're flabbergasted and they don't really understand what it's like. But if you are in the UK and you want to see wrestling, you know, a live pay-per-view, it's a fucking ordeal. Yeah. And if you want to see that live in an actual place where you can maybe have a drink and have some yo know, yo know, nachos and be out and about it's way fucking harder mm. because you can't just wander into any place yeah we have to you have to find a place become a member <laughs> come back with a deposit in cash not allowed to pay on card for some god knows why reason and then turn up again at one in the morning to get your table. Yeah. So the only reason why we were able to see this live in the establishment where we saw it is because we didn't go to a bar to watch WrestleMania. No, we joined an exclusive snooker club and then went after hours and it has a license to do that and they happened to be showing wrestling. So we didn't play any snooker on the night. We didn't get any games in, but that's what we have to go through. Because I mean, I remember WrestleMania 27 when I was in Glasgow. I knew they were showing it. It was like Walkabout or one of those places. Yeah. And they actually got raided and shut down on the night. Because there were loads of pubs that were like, holy shit, wrestling's got like, a bit of a buzz about it at the moment. We'll fucking put it on. And of yeah. course, if you can't show Sky Sports without a license and you can't serve alcohol at four in the morning. Mm. So yeah, it was just one of those things. It was really fun fucking hard to watch it but uh revisiting wrestlemania 28 has been a bit of a an arduous task yeah mm. it's the rock returning it's been one year of build and he's here to quote rip john cena's throat out it's wrestlemania 28 it all begins here the start of a unique journey Driven by our passions, our heritage, and an unyielding force fueling us to chase our dreams. Welcome to WrestleMania! And along our voyage, we experience milestones, turning points on our road, new eras in our story. And purely through the force of our own will, the Undertaker we conquer. Has we rule. The champion. We blaze new trails. Taking on a trailblazing, eyebrow raising, jabroni beaten, pie eating, people's champ, a rock. And though we may stumble, only one man walked out, and it was me. We find the strength to rise again. The game has returned. And thrive. This is life, and it can be experienced only once, like tonight. Finally, The Rock has come back home. Tonight, we do something that's never been done before. Paths will cross. A match where generations collide. John Cena versus The Rock. And eras will end. We 
are the last of our kind. The streak ends. The era ends. Tonight happens only once in a lifetime. Welcome to WrestleMania. One year of builds. Holy shit. I mean, the Amber at the time thinking this was mad. But you were watching at the time. Obviously, Billy, you would start watching around Rumble at the yeah, time. Yeah, Rumble was my first pay-per-view. But I guess, Adam, from your point of view, did this whole year of build, did it hold your attention? Or were you, like, sick of it at any point? It didn't hold my attention in the sense that it wasn't why I was watching wrestling, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Like, I thought it was a really interesting idea, like... Because it is one of those dream matches, and it was, you know, when they were billing it as once in a lifetime, that is what it felt like. It was like, this is never going to happen again. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful WrestleMania. I thought, like, it was justified in spending a year building up to it, but it certainly wasn't the thing that kept me watching wrestling by any stretch. Do you think that they, like, made a mistake by going for the year-long builds? No, I think it was a really good idea. I think it was one of the smartest things they've done in recent history. It's one of the most experimental things that they've yeah, at least, at least they had the balls to try something else. Absolutely. So, Billy, you joined at a roundabout Royal Rumble just yeah. before this pay-per-view. I mean, The Rock you know, was maybe someone you didn't grow up with, and when no. you were watching wrestling, you know, it was more along the lines of Eugene and the Highlanders and yeah. the great Cali for you. So, I mean, when you joined in at the Rumble, I mean, you obviously enjoyed that show enough to stick around. Yeah. What was your thoughts on The Rock and Cena and this bill that was going on at the time? I literally had no thoughts whatsoever because when I was a kid watching wrestling during the quote-unquote ruthless aggression era... <laughs> it's not an era. It's not an era. I didn't particularly care for Cena and I didn't know really who The Rock was other than the Scorpion King. So that's literally what my reference was. So Brendan was, Fraser, watch out. It was literally the Scorpion King versus a guy I don't like. <laughs> the thing that I was looking the most forward to was the wrestler I was most impressed at with the Royal Rumble and instantly fell in love with Daniel Bryan. Mm. Ah. Daniel Bryan was who I was the most excited for going into WrestleMania because I instantly took a great dislike to uh, to Sheamus and I was looking forward to my hero Daniel Bryan mm. destroying Sheamus. Fucking Protestants always hate <laughs> on the Irish. Oh I don't like him, he should lose. Also let's take his land <laughs> and cause the famine. <laughs> So we had one year of build, and here we are in Miami, Florida, The Rock's hometown. Cough, cough, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> once in a lifetime is the build for this one. They're saying never before, never again for Survivor Series, now it's once in a lifetime. The Rock is back to face John Cena after basically making out like he was going to do it last year at WrestleMania. Here we are, 12 little months later. There's been a pipe bomb or two in between, and a lot more eyes on the product now than there was at WrestleMania 27. There is a huge weight of burden on this main event and on these two lads. And on the build up to the show, they were getting more and more personal and it was getting more and more cutting. Put more on that later. We open up in a giant ass fucking stadium outdoors. Your thoughts, because this was like one of many, many WrestleManias that were in giant outdoor arenas, which obviously we never got during the Attitude Era, but now it's as default, it has to be in an outdoor mm. stadium. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on these types of settings to do shows. I don't mind it. I know that a lot, what a lot of people have an issue with, they always think about 
But what about the Undertaker's entrance? Mm. You can't do that in a day, then forget to think about it, but the Undertaker goes on as like the semi-main event. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like it's gonna be nighttime by then. We're not gonna pop but it's not gonna be like four in the afternoon and Taker's gonna come out first in the daytime. Taker's not gonna come out until after his siesta in the afternoon, yeah. like so. So I don't mind it. I think they're really good. I like the I mean, because for a start off, the place is so huge and the set is so grand and like awesome anyway, that already helps. But the fact that it starts off in the daytime and then slowly turns into night as yeah. the matches go on, that always makes it a bit more like, oh, it's WrestleMania. It's like a, you know, like when it's finally like Christmas Eve and the sun goes down. Like, Isn't it be Christmas? It's like, really weird as well because you never see the sun go down. It just, it's just, it it's, it's really weird. Like, there's like, you'll have a match and it's daytime and then they'll have like cut away for like a package backstage. Yeah. And then they come back and it's nighttime. It happens like, every WrestleMania. I'm so confused about what's yeah. happened. I always want a wrestler to like stand up in the turnbuckle and point to the setting sun like the WrestleMania <laughs> side. Like, that shit's going to get real. That's set for tonight. Mm. It is custom built for obscurity, i.e. people can't see shit. Yeah. There were huge complaints about these four giant uh, palm, po- palm tree poles. Yeah, They were there to allow the Hell in a Cell to be lowered down and give some support for it, but there were loads of people who couldn't see jack shit here tonight as a result of that. That's fucking disgusting. It's WrestleMania. And the people who are coming there are the people who are coming from all over the fucking yeah. world, and that sucks so much. There are jets. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, lots and lots of jets. Fucking weird. And I do like as well because the jets fly overhead as Living Garcia is doing, <laughs> and they showed later on like several times replays of the jets going. Yeah. But the second thing. Lillian's going <laughs> so there's so many times like hey, look at this early on tonight <laughs> jets are going overhead like, it's like a really weird Star Wars vehicle get in let's get out of here <laughs> right, there's like on the screen as well there's like loads of like videos and photos of the military mm. and it just made me laugh thinking about it would be so much better if it were images of Decker and, and, and Lillian was singing our values are under attack <laughs> I think that needs to be sung at sporting events. I was really upset that this year they focused on the military and there were no images of grain. So obviously (laughs) the harvest didn't happen this year. I'm guessing there's going to be no flapjacks this year. As well, I like after Lillian does America the Beautiful, she like goes full hacksaw Jim Duggan, like fucks in the microphone. USA! USA! (laughs) The traditional USA chants. And I will say with our opening promo package here, Yes, classy Freddy Blassie has unfortunately passed and he's no longer with us. And unfortunately, they didn't go with my idea of digitizing his voice and soul so that he would be able to stay forever, yeah. like him beyond two souls. I was hoping Willem Dafoe would like trap Freddy Blassie so he'd still do promo packages. However, Keith fucking David, <laughs> yes, please, I'll come back for seconds. That is a beautiful, soulful voice. Talking about WrestleMania and the grandeur of it. Like, there's so many voices I'd love to have heard do, like, WrestleMania packages. My main one at the moment is, like, even though he's passed as well, I want to hear one done by Dom DeLuise. <laughs> like, proper, like, an American tale playing Tiger voice. I want to hear Dom DeLuise, like, do a promo. I want to hear Susan Sarandon uh, do uh, <laughs> Well, that could be arranged. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say it's the fabric of Americana in your deep husky Susan Sarandon voice, please? It's the fabric of Americana. Oh. 
and a little bit of blood went into my penis just there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Lots of childhood photographs of John Cena and The Rock. And this shit goes way back because Cena and Rock both made their own title belts. And obviously this is going to be some sort of unification match with these two childhood uh, <laughs> fans here. They did a really good job of like hyping Cena and Rock's kind of their similarities in their backgrounds. Now, more so than last year when they had The Miz showing how he came up compared to how Cena came up. Yeah. I liked when they were showing side by side, you know, Cena in the bright trunks, rocking the fucking ridiculous outfit, yeah. then rocking the nation, Cena being the, the doctor of thugonomics. You know, they both started off as like kind of young good guys and then they became brash heels and then reverted back to good guys. It was like, it was a really, really good job. They also as well start showing elements of our other big match here tonight. And I don't know what you guys thought about this because many are the opinion that this brought in as many eyes or just as many eyes as Cena and The Rock, which is Taker and Triple H, which is a really hot feud. Mm. And honestly, I don't know if that's true or not. I doubt it. It was really exciting. Like, I remember in the build to WrestleMania, that was the match I was probably the most excited for, but I don't think that's going to be a draw compared to Rock and Cena in the main event. No, guys, definitely. No, no, no disrespect to Rock and John Cena for the first time. But Undertaker Triple H for the third time, <laughs> anything can happen. No, it's the second time, mate, because the first time never happened. Oh, yeah. sorry, of yeah, course. The first time never happened. If you just go back and listen to our WrestleMania 17 episode, there's like around a 10 minute gap there. There's a Motorhead concert, and then it's like, oh, nothing else. It's, it's like, at our next match, time to play the game and just play his song on loop for around 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, and then nothing happens. I like as well when they showed Undertaker's debut. And uh, the famous line from Rowdy Roddy Piper, where they cut out the most pivotal, important bit. When The Undertaker debuted, Roddy Piper went, Look at the size of that! And then they just cut out the last words. Now, I'd like you guys, both individually, to guess what the word was. The Undertaker appears, Rowdy Roddy Piper goes, Look at the size of that! And whatever the word was, they elected to edit it out of this promo package. Adam. Mm. Oh, I've heard the soundbite. I definitely know it. I can hear it in my head, but I don't really know what he says. Individual? Like... Look at the size of that individual. No, it's not individual. <laughs> that Undertaker. <laughs> Look at the size of that Undertaker. Look at the size of that bollocks. <laughs> Billy? Mullet. <laughs> no, the correct answer was... Look at the size of that ham hock. Ham hock? Why would you take that out? I think they were right to take that out. He's the Undertaker, mate. He's not a ham hock. There can only be one last ham hock. <laughs> so it's a two-match show, really, if you mm. listen to what they're doing here. Yeah. Although I'm much happier them kind of being like, hey, look at these two matches as opposed to look at these people who are coming back and not having matches yeah. like Steve Austin and The Rock they did yeah, last year. at least year. wrestling. I mean, I will say, going into this show, I was a lot less cynical than WrestleMania 27. You know, because WrestleMania 27, there was so much of what they weren't giving us, I felt they were yeah. being really deceptive. That main event alone was such a rip-off at 27. I think that soured the whole thing Because they were leading us along. They were pulling the fucking string, and they were kind of like, oh, The Rock might wrestle, and he fucking yeah. didn't. Here, though, they're up front. You've had a year of bills. Yeah, I think with this WrestleMania, they're actually trying, but they fail. Mm. Yeah. But they are actually attempting with the variety of content that yeah, we've got tonight. Yeah, they're not holding anything back this year. They're not holding back. We've got a variety of different match types, which we didn't have last mm, year. That's yeah. true. But they still fail on the whole. Yeah. I would say on paper, like, this is a better WrestleMania Far yeah, better. than WrestleMania 27. Far better. Like, WrestleMania 27, it was hard to put lipstick on that pig to quote Barack Obama <laughs> yeah. at the time, okay? <laughs> I will say as well, I didn't like the fact that at the end, they put over those two matches and then they put over the concept of life. 
which I didn't like at all. Keith David going, this is life. And we only experience it once. And there's royalty-free images of families and butterflies. <laughs> the f- what, why is it that with WrestleMania, it can't just be, I love wrestling. Yeah. You love wrestling. You've obviously loved wrestling because you spent $70 to get this shit. We're going to watch wrestling tonight. Yeah. And these wrestlers will wrestle. Where is this fabric of Americana? A celebration. A ce- yeah, what is that? It's yeah. not the Lion King. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Way too fucking deep for my liking or attempting to. Yeah, as well, in the package, did you notice? Like, Shawn Michaels, they're like, they cut to him, his, his bit with Undertaker and, and Triple H. And then he, they made his voice really quiet on the network. Yeah, it was a weird audio issue. It was like one of the channels got fucked up or something. I don't know. Barely hear what Were they saying. trying to sloppily edit something out like? Did he say something terrible? I think that Chris Hall of Fame. We'll put it in the opening package. Whoa there, friends. What the fuck just happened there? I know this is quite confusing and possibly concerning, and your ears might be hurting a little bit right now, but I elected to keep that whole thing in as is. You see, what happened there was that Billy, Adam and I, well, me basically, decided to make a Chris Benoit joke, and I swear to God this is fucking true, when I opened up the file some weeks after we recorded the episode, there was one audio glitch on the entire file, and the original audio file was nearly three hours long, but two seconds of it were distorted. Those two seconds were the two seconds where we elected to make a joke about Chris Benoit. Now, hardly one to back down from making that joke, but what we were saying in there was that Shawn Michaels, because his audio had been dubbed down, essentially, on the promo package, we were alluding that he was saying something controversial along the lines of, Chris Benoit should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, if I get struck by lightning, I'll know it's definitely a curse. But just so you know, that's what happened there. And that's a reasonable explanation and touch wood the podcast is not haunted it is not haunted definitely nine eight out of ten and 75 percent is definitely not a haunted podcast please keep listening to our haunted podcast thanks friends yeah <laughs> mate he's telling the truth and vincent all the top brass they just all they can do is turn it down but all you can do is turn in the volume mate you can't stop this movement once in a lifetime do you really think at this point in time that they legitimately thought that this is going to be once in a lifetime? No, they absolutely uh, knew. Why use this then? Because it's a better build. It's, it's, better it's, build. it's got a better appeal to it if you're being told this is the only time this match will ever happen. So you better fucking buy WrestleMania pay-per-view because like, you'll never see it again. I think it's like... I think it's really cheeky, but it is clever. Like it's like it's shades of the year before. It's dishonest, I think. Yeah, it is. It is dishonest, but I think it's good marketing. Yeah, just calling it once in a lifetime, and then having the audacity to call the next one twice in a lifetime. No, that wasn't the like, official name, though, was it? Yeah, no, that's that, 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 twice in a lifetime on the poster, it, wasn't it? No, no, that was just like loads of fan made gimmicks on it. Like, yeah. so. oh, right. So. Can you I imagine the nerve of calling But I generally that. thought that that's what they marketed it as twice as a lifetime. <laughs> it might as well call the second one. You're going to buy it anyway, Jabroni Mark. <laughs> We've already got you. And you don't know when you shoot a work and work a shoot. HH. Okay, I will say they did a much better job once the pyro goes and once the show starts of actually getting us in. Like, it's WrestleMania. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Cole not being a full-on heel. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, I know last year with WrestleMania 27, I was like, oh man, I like Cole being a heel and all that stuff. 
But if you're watching two-hour SmackDown monthly pay-per-view, it's fucking exhausting. And it mm. do, it's, you know what? It doesn't need it here. I'm glad he's dialed it back. And also, I remember after 27 thinking, like, because it was such a weird idea The Rock was hosting WrestleMania, it had me worried, like, oh, are we going to have a host every year now at WrestleMania? Oh, God. And thank Christ, because I think that goes a long way for making it feel like a better opening. We didn't have anyone come out and do a 15-minute promo to start off WrestleMania this year. And also for WrestleMania as well, in terms of... Like, the usual stuff you get at WrestleMania, which is celebrities coming in, mm. you know, people, like, really being, you know, hyped up from the outside, big appearances. Other than, like, the the stuff that's surrounding Rock and Cena, it's quite a pull-back WrestleMania mm. this yeah. year. There's no big fancy entrances. There's no big spectacles, other than maybe one or two little moments. By and large, everyone comes out regular, regular outfits. Mm-hmm. No big surprise appearances. No Justin Bieber, no Kardashians. No. I think as if the WrestleMania budget went for yeah. The Rock. Yeah. And yeah. The, the stuff around The Rock and whatnot, and the music and all that jazz. The opening contest is for the World Heavyweight Championship. Mm. My hero. Yeah. My favourite. Daniel Bryan gonna kill that Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was it about Daniel Daniel Bryan, like that, got you in because I, you know, quite early on because I know that I was fucking singing his praises. You, you struggled to, you. to get me, in and you, you were, you weren't. Why? I like maybe Billy. You tell me why you like Bryan and, and Adam. Why you didn't see the deal with Bryan? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it was mainly his matches at the Rumble and the Elimination Chamber, particularly the Rumble, was triple threat with. Um, Show and Henry in the case that was fucking brill. I just immediately I I liked him. I liked the yes thing. I, I like little little catchphrases like that sometimes. Yeah, and he just seemed like a nice guy. Even, Even though, though he, he was, was a heel, he was such a creep. Like, because he's with AJ at yeah. this moment yeah. in time here, and it's when just after he's won the world championship by cashing in his money in the bank, and he goes from being a face to being a heel and a bit of a fucking pipsqueak at that. Yeah. But Adam, I fucking tried for the life of me. Yeah, you know, I would leave subtle hints like I would just like pin my cattle mutilation shirt to your fucking door and be like, like him. <laughs> uh, but why was it you didn't pick up on D. Bryan straight away? Um, well, immediately coming back into wrestling, there was just so many guys that were sort of mid-card nobodies it was really hard for me to differentiate between who was worthwhile and who wasn't and even then when you were telling me how great Daniel Bryan was I still didn't really get it because I think I was still a fair bit of a mark at this point with wrestling yeah I remember that cage match you talked about Billy at the Royal Rumble I remember being like really into it and entertained by it and I thought Daniel Bryan was like entertaining to watch but I was genuinely pissed off when Big Show dropped him over the cage yeah. and he won because I was still at that point like rooting for Big Show. Yeah. Like, I remember Big Show when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> so I, I genuinely wanted Big Show to beat Brian, and so I was still kind of marky and yeah, like, yeah. I don't like Daniel Bryan. He's a cheating little prick. Like, it took me quite a while. I think it was like after him breaking up with AJ and starting to go even more like, yeah, yeah, mad. mad. That's when I finally warmed up to him, but. Because you, you weren't a happy boy at the Rumble at all. Because I remember you didn't like what happened in that match. I remember as well, Sheamus winning the Rumble. Yeah. You fucking hated that yeah. shit. Like, didn't I, give a fuck about that guy. We were really pissy coming out of that Rumble, I remember you and I. Every time we saw a pay-per-view at that snooker bar, we'd go home in a bad mood. Fucking hell. Like. Just, uh, we'll tell the story um, when we get to it, but the story of us coming out after the next Royal Rumble. When Rock wins the belt. And then Cena wins the Rumble. Rumble. <laughs> oh. Not spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
So, Seamus coming out, he's the big face. He's got one of my favourite nicknames that never took off, The Great White. Oh, that sounds really you know, bad. You know? Yeah. Hey, lads! Hey, white people! Yeah, hey! You just put hope on the end of that and it's all... That's <laughs> dodgy, mate. No, white lightning, white thunder. Just don't use the word... Just, it's, it's, it's a danger zone. We can tell he's pale, mate. You don't need to fucking telegraph it. The Great White and Big Red should form a tag team called awesome pink or something <laughs> like that booze for him though straight away you can tell mm. this is a smart crowd who are here and it's less I think it's more of a smart crowd than was at Wrestlemania 27 yeah. yeah you can tell the difference between 27 and 28 the types of fan that they're bringing in and no more so than we're saying at Survivor Series these are the fans now who have kind of come to expect we'll be heard mm-hmm. you know we don't like this we like this we don't care about your booking we care what we want yeah. so you do have a defiant crowd here tonight and you can tell straight away because they're chanting for Brian they're chanting yes which is Brian's whole gimmick at the point in time mm-hmm. which is meant to be for heel heat now we're in 2016 where yes is like one of the most iconic chants of like yeah. the last decade it's incredible how far that has that chant has spread i can't think of anything that has burst out of wrestling and they went into other stuff because i started looking up because i knew the origins of the yes chant and something to do with ufc yeah, yeah and i was doing some research about it and when i was doing that, i was like all these different fucking subreddits and forums where people are like you know street fighter world championships why was everyone chanting yes <laughs> or why was everyone chanting yes at the nba finals or why was everyone chanting yes at the fucking football every game spo- every sporting event there were yes chants mm. now, even non-sporting events like e3 people were chanting yes yeah. when shit happened that they liked it's sunday mass before christmas like everyone was in the church yes. body, body of christ yes <laughs> yes and all the protestants no no we hate the eucharist <laughs> But it was Diego Sanchez, a USC fighter, who would come out and just psych himself up and channel positivity. He would just go, yes, 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 yes. And Brian thought it was the most obnoxious fucking thing ever. Mm. And it was, because like Brian would like win a match on like the flukiest of circumstances and be like, yes, yeah. world heavyweight champion. It's very Owen Hart, isn't it? Like- it was. And I remember at the time it broke my heart that they turned him heel, because... You know, Brian had such a fucking roller coaster ride. I mean, pushed and then not pushed. And fired. You know, won, yeah. you know, we won Money in the Bank and then he was, you know, injured and he fucking buried him after he won the Money in the Bank. Everyone said he was going to be the first one to win the Money in the Bank briefcase and cash in unsuccessfully. They said that was what was going to happen to Brian. And he finally wins and then he turned him into this chicken shit heel. I was yeah. really upset at the time. You know, I was really wanted Brian to be embraced as this awesome wrestler. Well, yeah, he's a wrestling machine. Like, yeah. It's even worse than seeing someone that talented be a coward and not wrestle properly. Like. I, I remember the previous pay-per-view to this, Brian, like, was in the Elimination Chamber and it came down to him and Santino and then the whole thing where he's like, oh, Santino, fucking hell, this is going to be a cakewalk. And Santino, like, just came this close yeah. and Brian was like I was like oh I was so pissed because like Brian's a great wrestler how dare he you know, wrestle Santino and make it equal but it was, like, it was so entertaining because yeah. I was on the edge of my seat going up for fuck's sake he made me think that Santino might win the World Heavyweight yeah. Championship yeah. that's that's talent right yeah. there how many know. guys are willing to do that with yeah. Santino as well it's quite selfless yeah. and he's pairing here with AJ you know Daniel worst boyfriend ever Brian yeah. 
buying AJ a dress and she puts it on he's like mm, I don't know it looks so much better on the mannequin like <laughs> Daniel I'd rather fuck a mannequin Brian like. the dentist system he's incorporated <laughs> have you actually seen that video yeah yeah where he actually like look up Daniel Bryan does the dentist system on YouTube he actually does it AJ shut up which became his catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like he did the following night when they had the big Martin you know, heel crowd for the night after WrestleMania and he said AJ shut up and he went yeah <laughs> yes 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 look at her she might cry awesome Cole has changed his tune on Daniel Bryan just a tad a tad he's like some say he's lucky I say he's good yeah. you can tell now and many yes signs he'd only been doing it for a month or so yeah. a couple of months maybe and there were yes signs everywhere but it was the real birth of that chant and that movement I think was the following night on Raw because what we happened here was 18 seconds the shortest World Heavyweight Championship match in history they were mm. saying Brian takes a kiss from AJ turns around bro kick there you go yeah. Uh, the new world heavyweight champion Sheamus guess we could finally answer that question Adam which is stronger the bro <laughs> kick or the KO uh, it's the bro kick Brian just looks pissed off Yeah. and I remember sitting there kind of going okay where's Teddy Long what's going to yeah, what, yeah. What? nope that's it I remember when we were watching this live me just being like alright and you were so upset everybody just... there was like there was like a minute of silence as Seamus was celebrating, everyone in the sports bar was just like... And then someone sort of went, Cena's cancer! And then <laughs> tur- turned their back on it, like, you know. But it was it was heartbreaking. And I did How to Daniel Bryan for um, How to Wrestling. We did an episode of covering Daniel Bryan and all that. And it was like, it was tough to go back and watch this and yeah. like actually have to admit... Right, that this was pivotal in yeah. Brian getting over. If this never happened, like he he wouldn't have got to where he got before he retired. Well, not to say he wouldn't, but this definitely cemented it. I think this set in motion the chain of events that I thought led to Brian being able to show himself really getting mm-hmm. over and going like you know real mad Daniel Bryan, like the promos he could after this. The one he did on AJ after this night where he was like, you cost me the title, 18 set. He was like, he looked like he was about to have a fucking aneurysm. Like his eyes <laughs> are bulging out of his head. He was going through a soy intolerance at the time. Oh so God, he, was, yeah. he was really sick. Yeah. And he was, he started going mad saying he didn't like that people were chanting yes because he thought they were they were making fun of him. And then he started chanting no. And that leads on to Team Hell No. And yeah. I really think all of this was what started, you know, maybe new fans like you, Adam, seeing Daniel Bryan's value. Oh, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Like, when he broke up with AJ and became that, that's the first time I remember, like, thinking, oh, what a fucking bastard, rather than just what a coward. Uh, He definitely flourished more and more after this. So it was for the best. It was. But I don't buy, not for a fucking second, where, like, you know, they're going to go all the way to SummerSlam 2013 when he wins the battle. I was like, well, that's what we planned on. Oh, yeah, no chance. No way. Some say there was a little magic in the booking meeting that night when, by committee, we decided to cut time for (laughs) Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I don't think for a second. Not for a second. No. It's fortuitous. Absolutely. It's, it's it's one of the biggest happy accidents in wrestling. Yeah. I, I'm going to say I think it's the biggest happy accident since, you know, Austin getting over. Yeah. Because yeah, Austin, they pushed him as a heel. He was being a dickhead and the fans were just like, 
took to him. Mm-hmm. And in the same way here, they weren't doing this to garner, you know, a rebellion and make people get behind Brian. They had him screaming AJ, who was like the nicest, sweetest woman on the roster. Yeah. This was to get heel heat and to embarrass him and get Sheamus over. I feel bad for Sheamus because, mm-hmm. you know, him and Brian, year before... These lads are meant to be on the show. They get bumped. This year, they're both in the world title picture, yeah. and they you might as well get bumped. Pretty yeah. much. You know, you might as well have Great Cali come out and win a battle royale at the end of this. I was heartbroken. I was so heartbroken this happened. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that I was a bigger person not to let this ruin the WrestleMania for me, but I remember the next match or two, arms folded. <laughs> you know, you never lose that, I think. If you're a real wrestling fan, and you really get upset by something. Yeah, it shows that you the bitterness. The bitterness, like, you know. Yeah. But that's gonna happen though with like the affecting later matches when you have like the fan favorite losing in eighteen seconds and you say, "I know what will cheer the fans up: Kane versus Randy Orton." <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, team not booked with thought and care, aka Team Johnny, mm. aka Team Raw? Yeah. Question yes. mark. Jesus Christ! Everyone in this—it's like uh, Barrett's all sorts again yeah. from Survivor yeah. Series. Plus a few extra. Miz's star has fallen so much. He references that he was in last year's main event. It's so sad. Like, he likes saying this and no one listening to him. No. Like, oh, fuck off, Miz. Poor oh. bastard. I felt real bad for him. Yeah. Because how many people can go into a program with The Rock and John Cena and get nothing. Yeah. Like, lose momentum. Because yeah. he was, you know, November 2010, around the time when he won the belt and stuff like that, he was getting over, like, in a big way. Mm. He was, he was a you know, hot heel. And here, he's just like an afterthought. He's a joke. Like, yeah. oh, fucking go away, Miz. Not the good type of heat. And David Otunga comes in. I like the way he enters the room by flexing and posing, you know. <laughs> when you stand next to him, it's all about the power. And David Otunga certainly thinks this is about coffee. Um, Adam... As the, uh, the coffee expert in the Outsider podcast, thoughts on David Otunga's coffee gimmick? Wasted on him. Like, I like the idea of someone always walking around with a cup of coffee, but it's just, it's fucking David Otunga, man. Like, there's so many Jericho should be walking around with coffee all the time and spilling it on people constantly. <laughs> like, it should be his gimmick and his gimmick alone. He invented coffee. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that it was such a weird attempt to get heat. Because, like, Otunga, like, you don't need an excuse to get heat with Otunga. He's fucking useless. Like, he can't wrestle. He's, you know, Jennifer Hudson's husband, and that's the only reason why he's here. Yeah. And they tried to get heat with coffee. Like, he would come out with a more elaborate so coffee he... tumbler every week. That was seriously what they would do. Fucking hell. So their, their idea of getting heat was giving him a hot drink. Yeah. No, in, in a li- bit... literal heat. <laughs> <laughs> in a bejazzled tumbler at the end of it. Right. Look at him with his big coffee. And it would, the coffee would get bigger and bigger. And he'd be like, I always have lots of coffee. What? Like, that's not... Like, it's not. They might be giants, drink a lot of coffee. It might be peculiar, but it's not a source of heat. You know? The, the only time I could ever see it actually being a heel gimmick and working is doing it during um, Straight Edge Society Punk. It's like, I don't need any of what you guys have. I've got a cup of joe. That would get heat. That would, because it's, like, it's technically a drug. Yeah. <laughs> People chanting caffeine at him and stuff like that. But... You really want to make someone look silly. Have you ever seen NXT? 
Triple H when he's like doing his business meetings, walking around with like a big six litre bottle of water. Like, <laughs> if you watch any episode of Breaking Ground, you'll see him getting off a plane with his little sunglasses on and this giant <laughs> big old jug. Like you know, like the, the office water cooler. He basically just takes the bottle off the top of that and just walks around. Well, it's, it's, it. it's because he only drinks half of it. The rest of it he spits. <laughs> <laughs> Practicing all the. He's got some tape in NXT. Hey, if you see me, do you want me to do it? I'll, I'll do it. Look, <laughs> cool. I'm like on TV. Big Johnny's big suit. He looks like a Southern Baptist preacher. <laughs> Brother love, mate. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Poor everyone in this segment. Yep. Because you've got Mark Henry there, just mm. another fucking lad. Drew McIntyre, mm. just another lad. Jack Swagger, Dolph Ziggler. It's just like the entire mid-card. And you can tell just from this one little backstage segment, you can already tell the crowd are going to be asleep for this match. Like, you feel bad for them because they must know that they're going to go out there to silence. So these will be part of the battle for the complete control over both Raw and SmackDown between Teddy Long and Big Johnny. And Teddy Long runs SmackDown, but SmackDown superstars appear on Raw. Mm-hmm. So someone explain it's that to, to me. It's literally a battle. You yeah. might as well be fucking wrestling over who gets to uh, control Sunday Night Heat. Like, yeah. like they, they basically they basically say it's about who controls SmackDown. What it is essentially is if Teddy loses, he is fired. Pretty much, he doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah. I don't know why we didn't go down that angle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Teddy Long has he's been like on like, a TV for like nearly ten years at this point. They could have used that a little bit, but you can just tell this is our first real WrestleMania where it's part time mania, mm. where you are having not just one. But two or three of the big matches are involving other people coming in. Yeah. And the show's been built around then. We can talk about that more you know, as we get into it. That's all well and good. But when you are left then with a huge, sizable mid-card, and it feel like they have to give them a match, mm. I would prefer if you got rid of six of the people on this team and made it you know, two-on-two. Two, yeah. Honestly. Put them on the pre-show. Waste of fucking time. They show a shot of the overhead of the stadium. They're still filing in here in Miami, Florida. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? They missed the World Heavyweight Championship match. Yeah, there's obviously a poor system in place. For really? Like, a match. Imagine, like, because they wouldn't have known either. Because nah. that match was so short, they're going to have thought of, like, that Kane versus Randy Orton as the opener. Yeah. So they're going to get to the end of the pay-per-view unless somebody tells them. It's like, but what about... Where's Brian? Where's Brian and... It's pretty big of Vince Brian to let Shane Brian and Sheamus <laughs> go on after Rock and, and then Cena. nothing happens. And then you turn to your neighbour who was there before you and say, what, what happened to Brian Sheamus? Oh, um, Brian lost in 18 seconds. <laughs> it was a thing that happened this year at WrestleMania where people weren't let in on Couldn't time. In, yeah. And I remember I had to wait for around 30, 40 minutes to get in. I thought that was bad, but at least I got in when I went to WrestleMania in plenty of time. It was just a bit warm. It, you know? It's just yeah. poor stadium management. When I went to see Raw in 2012, they opened the doors after the show started. Jesus. How are you meant to see superstars then? Yeah. How the fuck is Jinder Mahal ever going to get over <laughs> with this piss poor bucket? But like, I don't know what they did. I think they let in one like half of people come in. So when they, you know, when the they do the camera. You know when they, yeah. they, they, they didn't do the sweep. They just said, like, they had, like, Justin Roberts going, would everybody do a big cheer and just pointed at the hard camera? Mm. It's, like, it seems to be getting worse every year. Because the last year when you had Ryback and Callisto literally wrestling, it would look yeah. like... Right it, in front of no one. No, I thought it was a global force, you know, get, like, <laughs> a, get a big giant stadium with, like, 20 people around the ring, like, you know, and then sell you some fucking gold. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the mid-cards. Oh. It's Kane versus Randy Orton. 
Thoughts on Kane embracing the hate and his new mask and new outer mask. You know what a mark I am. And because when they did this whole... Because I fucking hated Bold Kane at this point. Like, I've got a better appreciation for him now. Especially after, like... Genuinely taking it seriously that you think he's the best. I do. <laughs> I do try and give him. Do like because we did. You were on there our episode. Uh, if you've not seen it, Adam appeared on How to Wrestling on our episode talking about Kane. Yeah. Uh, like, have you like turned around a little bit on yeah, Ball Kane? His a bit? match with Sean made me think that you know he's actually a legit scary villain. Like he's a good character. Yeah, yeah. A better gimmick than I gave him credit for. But when they announced that Kane was going to come back with a mask and they spent like weeks hyping it up, yeah. I was so fucking jazzed. They like, gave him a proper fucking push with yeah, this. Yeah, they made out like. It's gonna be Kane. It's gonna be the original Kane that you remember from your childhood. He's gonna be back. He's gonna be just as good as he was back then. He's gonna look really cool. John! Oh, John! You can talk all you want about who you are and rising above the hate, but you stole the one true love of your only friend. I thought I was sick, but you sunk to depths that I could only dream of. You truly have finally embraced the hate. Oh man, you want to talk about the underwhelming? Like he comes out with that big predator helmet on, and he takes it off, and he's got that really stupid bacon mask. Like his bacon face, Smith. (laughs) Character Kane's getting on in years. Don't give him a mask that has jowls and fucking wrinkles, wrinkles all over it. He looks so tired. Yeah. And you know what's really sad about this as well is that you would, I don't know if you noticed, it was only around the time he became corporate cane and popped that shirt back off again, but he was in the best shape Ripped. of his career. Yeah. And they have him in this fucking oogie boogie man fucking sack yeah. where it looked like any moment Kane's going to have a thread pulled out of him and loads of bugs are going to come out of him. He it looks is, frumpy. It's a shit Halloween costume, isn't it? It's really poor. Still red stitches on yeah. it. Like what, he made it himself. Like childish. It looks like something Eric Rowan would wear. It, it, <laughs> it honestly. Does. It does, yeah. I think it's the most rinky fucking ding thing yeah. ever. And his promos as well. Embrace the hate, Jack. Why was he talking so much? Like, they were making such a big deal about Kane being a monster again. And then they just have him talking like a regular. D- You've done things that I wouldn't dream of, John Cena. He, he was like trying his best to replicate the days when he was using the little vocoder. Mm. But without using one, he was trying to do like a little robot. Because he, was, he wasn't doing Ball Kane, because Ball Kane would do the real expressive, The Undertaker. Yeah. You know, he would do the real yeah. fucking, there's a real raspiness to his voice. But now he was just talking like this. John, I spent many years studying Austrian economics. <laughs> I've seen some rather dubious fiscal practices, but not even I would consider remortgaging my home in a subprime environment. You really have embraced the fiscal system. <laughs> it's just, he, he'd seem bored when he was doing yeah, this. always. You know, and you know what as well? Kane's new finisher they tried to get over on oh, this point. Oh, God. Do you remember it? Was it the, it was a claw, wasn't it, of some sort? It, I think, was it called the claw? It was literally, Kane, he's got that, that, that glove, and he would just rub his glove in his face. Now, I don't know, for whatever reason, there was this weird, like, feral child when I was in primary school who every lunchtime would just run out and put his face in the grass and go, <laughs> And then he would run around and his face would be covered in snot and worms. And, like, when Kane would just be going, that's all I could think of, like, as a child. Like, what a shit, dumb finisher. It was rubbish. Like, laying out John Cena on Raw by putting his hand over his face for five minutes. And John's like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Kane's got an additional mask. The story of this is that Kane shook Randy's hand. Like, when Kane went away for a bit, he kind of became a bit shy. He put everyone over. He was just being like, he was listless. He didn't have a purpose. And, like, he got beaten up by Randy in a random ass match. And afterwards, he shook his hand. And he's like, I shook your hand like a year ago. And uh, that was the worst thing ever. So, uh, <laughs> now we're going to have a match. Now, this would all be well and good, except. Kane has already lost to Cena over and yeah. over yeah. and over again. You're going to give someone a big old push to make him out to be a monster. Don't have him fucking put everyone over, over and over and over again. The only thing that Kane has done to really get heat is kill Zack Ryder. Yeah. Including that really fucking... Do you see that scary bump he did to Zack Ryder? He pushed him on the wheelchair off the ramp. Yeah, and Ryder goes right in his fucking ankles. He nearly killed yeah. himself. Whoever told them to do that bump should be fucking fired because mm. that was unnecessarily risky and dangerous. Jesus Christ, if Randy Orton was unmotivated against CM Punk last year, <laughs> what are we going to get here? Like, Randy Orton's going to fall asleep in the middle of this match. He's going to start sleeping with his eyes open, like. When Randy's coming out as well, Jerry Lawler goes, Randy Orton couldn't care less about Kane's problems. <laughs> Just in the nick of time there, lads. Just in the nick of time. Kane works over Randy to loud Daniel Bryan chants. I think one of the good reasons about this being an open-air stadium is there's a lot of like discontent chants throughout the night that never pick up steam because yeah. the noise just goes out the ceiling. There's no lid on the arena tonight, so you don't get to hear the fact that people were really pissed about Daniel Lucky Bryan. Lucky for WWE, yeah, because it doesn't show that it's such a hostile crowd. People who were there live have tweeted me and tell me that, like, really pissed off. Whole sections were just fucking chanting Daniel Bryan the whole night long. Yeah. Like, good lord. It's a long time to be doing it, lads. Randy Orton sets up for his apron DDT, which Michael Cole says he's looking for the bulldog headlock. Uh. Oh, nope. Something's never changed. This one, though, that has changed. Sometime around NXT 2010, where Josh Matthews used the phrase, shoots the half, mm. which is like a uh, UFC, UFC MMA type thing. Yeah. Every time anyone does anything on the ground, pin, goes to their head, goes to their legs, shoots the half. Yeah. Cole loves saying, shoots the half. It's like the uh, UFC video game when you're transitioning on the ground, though. Shoots the half, back to mount again. Side control. Back to mount again. Shooting for the half here. Back to mount again. <laughs> Except with Cole, it's shoots the half, and he's transitioning into the half. Will he shoot it? He does. <laughs> the crowd has gone really, really quiet. This, this match is really boring. It's a dull match. It's not a hot feud. It's no. literally was set up like a couple of weeks beforehand. Pure Kane versus Kurt Angle wrestling. Oh shit, we've not booked these lads. Yeah. These guys are not going to wear a t-shirt with Teddy Long's head on it. Might as well put them in this match here. And you know what? Brian and Sheamus could have put on a hot match to wake everyone up. Yeah. Instead, you pissed everyone off and mm -hmm. they're boring everyone. Yep. You were breathing resentment. Mm -hmm. Ah, but this was our plan all along, you see. No, it wasn't. No, don't you dare. Kane shuts down Randy Orton's butt and any hope spots with many, many, many rest holes. Mm. In a case of fighting fire with fire, Kane studied all the Randy Orton tapes. He knows those headlocks good and proper. He knows exactly how to get to Randy Orton here tonight. Randy starts his comeback, and I must say, there was a bit of an overlap when I started to like Randy Orton, and he started to fine-tune this comeback. That deep power slam that he does. Oh. Yeah. Like, Samoa Joe does a great power slam, and Randy Orton, I think, does a slightly better one. Mm. That's just what he's... It looks like he has control over his body. Kane's a big boy, and he mm. gets that deep fucking power slam. I fucking love it. The RKO gets countered with a big boot. 
Kane, because it's WrestleMania, goes up to the top rope. So the people who have only watched, you know, this in 27 and, you know, any other attitude pay-per-views think that Kane does still go off the top rope every night. <laughs> he sure as shit doesn't. <laughs> but it was cool to see him do it and Randy drop kick him out of midair. Mm. Nice spot to see here. Randy sets up for the punch, which everyone knows in this environment he's not allowed to no. do. Chokes on by Kane and a kick out and the action starts to pick up. Kane wins it with a top rope choke slam. They got out of first gear in the last minute. Yeah. But just. this was nice to see Kane finally get a win. Yeah, that's the one thing to take away from this. It's Kane wins at WrestleMania. And even if it is the worst iteration of Kane, at least that's something. You know it's a bad match when the best thing you can do is like, well, at least it improves the statistics a little bit. <laughs> you know, but I don't know, what are you going to do? Next year's top trumps, he'll be much better off. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do wonders for his two K rating. Uh, Billy, what do you think of this one? It's dull. It was dull. So dull. Mm. The most interesting thing that happened was the wind blowing out Kane's fireworks yeah. when he came out like it was nah not good backstage it's a Donegal catch advert you may be beautiful but they're putting Mick Foley's file on file in a filing cabinet poor yeah. poor Mick yeah. poor fucking Santino they share constituent parts of the one raincoat that they have here this is like 15 where the uh, Wrestlemania magic has been left over because Santino's got the raincoat and Mick Foley's got the hat because they only have one. It's fucking weird. This is the epitome of backstage segments at Modern WrestleManias. Yeah, the cringe. Every Everything, every year is like this. And it's just so cringeworthy. Because who is this for, exactly? Like, Deadliest Catch fans. Are they going to enjoy this? Like, is this funny to Deadliest where, Catch fans? I mean, Deadliest Catch, it's like... I mean, it's a... T- why? There's certain things like Deadliest Catch and especially country music that I guess there has to be a big crossover with wrestling because they always push it but like I've just never understood yeah. who that's meant to be appealing well, to well when you've got a Venn diagram and you've got crabs and tuna and you've got <laughs> wrestling and you've got that sweet spot there <laughs> that's where all the money comes yeah. from baby why are we watching grown men with sock puppets hit crab legs you tell me it's like, Wrestlemania honestly like Honestly, honestly, when I was watching this, I was hoping, like, at least... I watch a lot of MasterChef, and I love to cook, folks. Fun fact about Kevin. So I was really hoping what, you know, what the crab legs were like. You know, they put them down in front of Mick and Santino. They just hit them with their hands. Yeah. What what the fuck is wrong with you? You're grown men. Eat the crab. It's expensive. How can you watch Deadliest Catch? Someone comes out to, to save this backstage segment. I'm, of course, talking about Farouk. He says, damn. Ron Dam Simmons. He's the damn man. Uh, he, like, he, He's he, a dapper damn man. He comes <laughs> in and he says the word damn. Mick Foley looks so sad here. Yeah. He, he really looks just listless, aimless. He looks like he's regretting not being in TNA. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a real grim fucking thing. It's a celebration of life. The fabric of Americana. Have I got my own raincoat? No, just wear Santino's hat. You happy? (laughs) Oh, God. Coming up next, Intercontinental Championship on the line as Cody No Gimmicks Rhodes takes on the big show.
time for the first ever sumo match that wrestled. Oh! Cody Rhodes has got only one thing going from here tonight, and that's that he looks like a Sith Lord with his fancy <laughs> gown. I like the story to this one. You're shit at WrestleMania, Big Show. Let us show you the many ways how. Yeah. This package is so embarrassing. So mean. It's WrestleMania, baby! Woo! <laughs> Which WrestleMania had a sumo match? WrestleMania 21. Jesus. Yeah. Aki Bono, yeah. Him and Show, they had a fucking Did sumo not, match. I've not seen that WrestleMania. It's not a good match. <laughs> it's not even a match. It's two men. I mean, they really thought bringing the sumo wrestler was going to move the digits. At least now, when you got part timers coming in, they're at least remotely fucking relevant. God, here, though. Poor Big Show. I love the. The angle of the the really big massive victim and the tiny little shithead bully, like yeah, so good. The sympathy I have for Big Show here is unreal. Show's really good at playing that up. Yeah, you know, to get Simpy as a, a babyface giant, like it's it's well noted. Like you know, any any of the big men in wrestling have always said, if you're a big guy, getting sympathy from the audience is really hard because it's difficult for a, a heel to work you over in a, in a way that makes the audience go, oh, he's an underdog. Mm. And you've got Big Show here now. Who, you know what? He does, he cries way too much in 2012 mm -hmm. and 2013 and most of 14 as well. But I must say, all things considered, there ain't too many people in wrestling who are queuing up to cry on national no. TV and to be the guy who cries. Mm. Fair fucks to him. Because, yeah. you know, there is a whole thing about, you know, you know, being a tough wrestler, a tough man, you can't cry, you're breaking the bro code. I mean, fair fucks yeah, to him. Yeah, fair play. It takes serious acting skill as well to do it as convincingly as he does. Can't you think of any other wrestler who would be willfully, like, other than Tommy Dreamer, who can't fucking announce a new house of hardcore without crying? And in the main event, Ryan was going to take it on Stevie Richards! <laughs> Actually made myself <laughs> can, I, can I just what what is everyone's favourite big show crying moment? Do you have one? Ooh. Not yes. necessarily like funniest, but like a favourite moment. Yes, there is it's actually in this feud, it's their rematch at Extreme Rules <laughs> when Big Show eliminates himself <laughs> by treading on a table yeah. and then he sort of just stands there like and, and after he's realised he just starts like tearing up <laughs> he beat himself my uh, my favourite one is uh, you don't never shown on camera but it's when Big Show did the New Year's baby thing and afterwards he assumedly cried like I'm a big fat piece of shit I'm out of here <laughs> see my one's not even funny it's not a funny one but it's when he was forced to uh, punch Dusty Rhodes <laughs> <laughs> Like him crying before and after punching Dusty. And D Dusty said, like, it's okay, Daddy. It's okay. It's okay, you gotta do weak. Don't, don't you dare take it easy on the American dream. I can take it, Daddy. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> 
I just love as well here in the video package. It's basically like an Attitude Era podcast. Like, it's right here on the floor. <laughs> or like him having a big fucking sweat coming off his face in there. Him and Foley in 15. Like, it's that, great. That package was seriously meant for us. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. It's like absolutely. The three of us, when we uh, when we do our fusion dance, we all join together. We become Cody Rhodes from WrestleMania 28 like, to make fun of the big show. As well, show home of the little kid at WrestleMania 18. WrestleMania! <laughs> the best thing about this whole feud is that Cody would come out every week and go, Hey, show, remember this? And he would show a full package of one of those moments. Yeah. And like, remember when you fucking looked like an idiot in WrestleMania 17? Remember when you couldn't lock that gauge? Like, you know, just oh. every little thing. And when he did the WrestleMania 18 one, it shows me WrestleMania, baby. Woo! Cody just looks up at the screen and has a big smile and he just goes, <laughs> and he holds up his hand like exactly the same oh, way. Oh, I loved it. Because I thought that they were going to do a thing that like Cody was going to bring out the fire in the big show because show had been in the feud with Henry and you know and his ankle broke and thought you have a mean streak you get all smiley big show here and I don't like that mm. I want a big show to be like you've crossed the line you will pay you're really going to regret doing this and then this whole thing with Dusty telling Cody like you know you really got to watch out here because he's a big old bear and if you keep poking him he's going to rip your face off mm. and show does beat the shit out of Cody you know, after he takes his fucking time getting to the ring. Good yeah, lord. Yeah. You know it's bad when you get to your time is coming. <laughs> second verse. Jim Johnson never anticipated four minutes of the big show. <laughs> yeah, there's no fire. Instead he just gives his hat to a girl that headbutts her lightly. <laughs> Beanie show. Mm. His head looks fucking stupid at that. I like as well that he's coming out in his uh, camouflage, which means Cody won't be able to to see him because he's near the jungle with the four trees in the corner show goes over there he'll be invisible to Cody Rhodes he overpowers Cody he beats up Cody he stink faces Cody uh, he pretty much you know takes Cody down several notches yeah, here and flattens him and I think when you're a guy who's had like two big gimmicks and they've both lasted less than a few months and they're essentially saying no, they didn't work, did they? Mm. You need to really be careful because this is the start of Cody losing a lot of steam, a lot of credibility. Mm. Stop, start, stop, start. Yeah. Particularly if you're somebody who watched WrestleMania 27 and you come back to WrestleMania 28 like, well, he's got a no, different gimmick now. He's just been beaten up by the big show. Yeah. You know? It's, it's going to be a while for Cody now, isn't it? Until he gets a sort of a solid gimmick again. Is it, is it not until Road Scholars? That Road really... Scholars is really where he starts to kind of Jeez, pick up again. It's a big, long gap. It me. is. It's a couple, you know, it's a while. And God. even after that, it's you know, really talking about when he was feuding with the Shield and they yeah. really kind of got the, the, the fire behind him. But yeah, you just kind of look here and it's the case of so many of these guys we've talked about over and over again in 2011. Push, unpush. Yeah. Push, unpush. And it's like, you can't do that. No, it's damaging. You can't unbake a cake, lads. Cody dropkicks Big Show's leg and works over the knee a little bit. He hits the beautiful disaster kick, which is one of my favorite moves mm. in all of wrestling. Goes for it again, and Big Show gives him a fucking horrible spear. It's the kind of oh. spear where it looks like you've got to rip Cody's fucking arsehole open. Like. <laughs> Seriously, after that, I thought his large intestines going to pull out onto the fucking floor. It looks horrible. <laughs> Show pulls down one strap and exposes a nipple, mm. and then he just punches Cody and wins. Yeah, that's it. J during this match, we had one of my favourite calls in wrestling ever. I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been Cole. 
but uh, he's got Cody on the ground, and he says, the big paw of the big show, trying to swat away at Cody, but Cody is just out of the way of his big reach. <laughs> but just really trying to put over that the big show is big. He's got a big reach on his big paw. <laughs> you know, bears, man, you know, big show's a bear, basically. Uh, big show wins the Intercontinental Championship. And cries. And yeah. has a little bit of a cry, because he thought the match would last longer. I must say I was really disappointed because the you know, the whole build did not match what we were got here in the end. No, that's true. You, you could have done so much with this with like Big Show going fucking like real like he loses his cool and Cody takes advantage of that, but instead you just get Cody looking like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. he just more, just jobs out really. Yeah. Well, like when you do the whole thing where it's like, aha, I'm the heel and I know you've got a blind spot in your you know in your psyche and I'm going to take advantage of that. Christian Randy Orton yeah. from Money in the Bank. Same thing. I know that you're angry at me and I'm going to use that to make you fuck up. Mm-hmm. Cody's the champion. Yeah. And he's got a guy who's wants to kill him. Cody could have easily been like, come on, you know, get your five counts, you know? Mm-hmm. Cody could have went, woo! or you know go right here on the floor right in his face or something like that or like you know put screen caps of his shit matches up yeah. but instead Shota beats him up yeah. and makes Cody like a fucking jabroni he didn't tell the same story that the, the build was all about real disappointed mm. in this match really disappointed coming off oh, for fuck <laughs> oh no yep oh my god ah this is Wrestlemania and what would Wrestlemania be without Beautiful divas! Oh, baby, we got them tonight. Kelly Kelly teaming with Maria Menounos to take on Beth Phoenix and Eve. And you know, the big tag match, just a part of the glitz and the glamour of being a WWE diva. The one word I would choose to describe a WWE diva would be powerful, gorgeous, classy. The WWE divas were so versatile. We're ready for anything. It's so hypnotic. My life never has a dull moment, and I've gotten to see the world VIP style. Australia, India, South America, Iraq. I get paid to see the world. It can't be bad. There is absolutely no limit to what we can do as WWE divas. I've walked red carpets, I've gone to premieres, acting, modeling, be in music videos, be on covers of magazines. This is the life that I've wanted to live. It's like a dream come true. I'm gonna say this right now. The fact that I didn't remember, only it being a few years ago, the fact that I couldn't remember how bad the women's division was here just goes to show you what a good job WWE did at making you not fucking remember and just kind of gloss over it. Swept it under the rug very nicely, didn't they? Wow. Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos against Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. Before we even get to the match, though, and this is the really fucking offensive bit. Oh, no. That never package. mind how bad this division is and how misogynistic and unfair it is the way they treat women. They spend five minutes in a package 
bragging about how great the Divas division is and how fantastic an opportunity it is for women. And how strong this, the branding is. Like. Is, yeah. is this where they show clips from the Divas search? Yes. I mean, really pay attention to a woman sitting in a cake. Yeah. And there is the quote, there is absolutely no limit to what we can do as WWE Divas. Lol. That's like, could not be further from we the We can truth. dance in bikinis. Mm-hmm. We can dance in, uh, they're almost like bikinis, but they're not quite bikinis. It was footage of them dancing Kissing soldiers, being in photo shoots, being cute, being, haha, don't ask me, I'm just a girl. I really fucking hated that. Because you as well, I was like, why the fuck are Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos, she's the one of the hosts on Access yeah. Hollywood or E or some shit. I was like, well, someone tell me why the fuck this is going on. No. No Here's need, the Divas Division. No need for a storyline, because instead we're just going to tell you about how great the Divas Division is. It's basically them turning around going, Hey guys, I know you're only tuning in for The Rock, but do you know that we've got girls? Yeah, that's what it is. They had the Bellas as well, talking as, like about like how empowering it is to be a Diva. I've been at premieres, red carpets, music videos, covers of magazines. Wow. What an athlete. Yeah. But there were so many times around this time where it was people like Bellas particularly were bad for this. Paige did it loads as well where it's like people who don't like the term diva you guys are the ones who are really sexist because it's strong and empowering. It's like no, Uh -uh. no it's not. Yeah. I fucking hate it. That's just WWE's words coming out of your mouth. That was it though. So there was no like Beth is going to get you. You know, where we fucking hate Kelly Kelly. No, none of that as no. well. Or here's why this person, Marie Menounos, is joining us here tonight for a wrestling match. Beth Phoenix is the champ, the champion of the whole division, and they come out to... <laughs> fucking Eve's shitty music. She looks as well like she's scalped Rufio from Hook. <laughs> Beth's headdress and outfit here screams she was told she was coming out to her own music. Yeah, yeah. There's she's no, the fucking champion. There's no way it's she's a, there it's with a glamazon her, look, isn't it? Yeah, with her nine foot headdress. There was no way she thought she'd be walking out with Eve Torres and their music stopping before they hit the halfway point of the ramp. No way in hell. Did Maria Menounos like win a contest or some shit to be here? Might like as well have. Snickers or some fucking gimmick or Doritos just, Max get to wrestle in a match at WrestleMania. I think it's just because she's a celebrity who's like openly a huge wrestling fan. She is a huge fan. Fair fucks to her. That's not enough of a reason to be No, a it's match. not. But I think that's literally the reason why. And to be honest, she's probably the person in the ring who likes wrestling the most. <laughs> Say what you will about Snooki last year, but there's no one. Like, I mean, I didn't watch MTV in like 19 years, but I knew who Snooki was. Mm. And it's not through like anything other than she was in pop culture yeah. and there. You know, unless I lived in a cave with my fingers in my ears and my eyes closed, there's no way you wouldn't know that. Maria Menounos... Who is she? I th- assumed at the time, oh, it's an American thing. But no, no one, no one fucking knows. Mm-hmm. No one knows her on that level that justify it being here. And you said that she's a big, super awesome fan. And that's great. That's really, really great. But honestly speaking, if you're bringing a celebrity like that, you shouldn't be putting someone who's that fucking willing in a match like this because it makes it seem less special. Yeah. It should be like, holy shit, they got Snooky to wrestle? Oh my god, they got fucking Dennis yeah. Rodman to wrestle? Not like, oh, they got the fucking world's biggest wrestling fan to wrestle. No, no fucking shit. I actually spent months, like, because the first time I'd seen Marie Marinos on an actual, like, entertainment show outside of WWE was months after this. And I remember seeing her and thinking, oh shit, she used to be a WWE wrestler. Because when I was first getting back into it and watching back then, 
I just thought she was part of the roster. Like, she got the same treatment as all the other women. She had about as much character as all the other women. She like. was actually the only woman who wasn't in the video package as well. Yeah. yeah. The one that they showed that. It was obviously a bad idea because not just anyone can come in and wrestle. No. If you're going to have an outsider come in and wrestle, you need to have someone in there to hold your hand and bring you through it. And with all due fucking respect, Kelly Kelly ain't John Morrison and Trish Stratus. No. Yeah. Two fucking workers who know how to make shit look good and protect you. Maria Menounos, as she's coming out and she's looking all happy to be there, and they go, Maria Menounos, who of course is suffering a rash of injuries. That's what they're saying as she's coming out. She had, at this point, coming to the ring, two cracked ribs and two fractures in her feet. What, legit? Legit. Jesus. She fractured her feet and her ribs while training for this and dancing with the stars at the same time. Now, if you are training for a match and you've got fractured feet and cracked ribs, that is nature's way of telling you... Don't do You're this. not a wrestler. Yeah, not, yeah, at least not now you're not. This is not the first time she's done wrestling with them. See, another thing as well, we've tributed the troops. Really? She pinned Beth Phoenix previously. For fuck's sake, the champion. I expect this to be a competitive matchup. Sunsets. It looks pretty awesome now that you yeah, know, it's yeah. getting dark and stuff like that. Eve is now a heel as well. Literally no change to her gimmick at all, really, here. Couldn't tell you who is face or heel. Still twerks to no reaction, yeah. but she's a baddie now. Lads, she's got fucking jiu-jitsu training. She's a badass. Play that up, please. I'm, oh, God. And Eve, literally straight away, we get some light offense from Kelly Kelly. And Kelly Kelly has now decided that to get over, she's just going to start screaming, which means she'll do a weak-looking move and then go, Sound like a koala kicked out of a tree. I don't need that shit, Mike. And Eve immediately goes for a finisher. So I'm like, okay, I can yeah, pop the kettle on here, well. lads, you know? Did you catch uh, Kelly Kelly smacking Eve's head into the turnbuckle over and over again? Yeah. And Eve sells one too many, so Kelly puts her hands down and stops doing it, and Eve still carries on bashing her head. Like so, a certain person that you know. Like a certain Billy Keeble. Like a certain Billy Keeble. One intoxicated night in Lincoln <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> That's a story for another day. We also get a double stink face. Oh, to which sake. Jerry asks, what do you call that? A sweet face. And uh, did you notice what happened to Maria's brishti, her her she trousers? Got a tan on her ass, as if this wasn't already embarrassing. That and looks it was like you shit yourself. Yeah, it was so. It was like a smudge. Like it's like Eve's face just there going no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, and it was really funny as well. They were on Twitter at the time. Literally every indie women's wrestler and every fucking member of the roster was like, duh, you don't wear white pants for that very reason. Like, (laughs) oh, Jesus fucking Christ. As Eve works over Maria Menounos' legitimately injured ribs and Maria's got a big fucking smile on her face, I really, really got nostalgic for Snooki. Because, like, (laughs) you know, at least she was in the situation where she had to sell for long periods of time. And you know what? Maria Menounos is fucking delighted to be there. And it shows because she's got a big grin on her face despite the fact she's got cracked ribs. I I love smiling whilst taking a move. It just reminds me of that time that Big Johnny got AA'd by (laughs) Cena. He's got his eyes closed and he's got a smile on his face. Remember to breathe, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Big Daniel Bryan chants. Then random yes chants. Back in the days when yes was a defiant chant, not a I like what's happening here chant. <laughs> Beth and Eve work over Maria for an eternity, even though the match was 180 seconds long. Eve starts twerking, thus starting the women's revolution, I'm guessing, in the process. <laughs> hot, awkward tag to Kelly. Oh, Jesus Christ. They do the hot tag to Kelly. 
and Beth was already in the corner because Maria obviously wasn't meant to make the tag. Yeah. So Beth is left to kind of have, she has to like walk back a few steps so Kelly can go Aah! and then attack her. Just awful. Kelly hits the molly go round, which was nice. That was really good. Genuinely good spot. And then Beth basically counters her own finisher for her. Like Beth Phoenix, she's like, she's from the school that like, I know that Ric Flair can do this. Bret Hart can do it, where it's like, I can move your body and move in a way that makes it look like your you're doing it. But you see Beth, and she picks her for the glam stand, and then she puts Kelly's two arms and her legs and rolls through <laughs> for the foot. And there you go, hot tights for fucking Maria. And with all the grace and trepidation of the big show at Survivor Series 2011, she tries to climb the top rope. And then she just rolls up Beth Phoenix after that, doesn't work. Mm. Maria pins Beth. Jesus, lads. She gets the win on the champion. On the grandest stage of them all. Fucking pathetic. And you know what? The one thing I liked about this is that even Beth didn't win, so I have to hear her fucking god-awful music again. <laughs> but whoa! This was fucking bad. Yeah. And it's the only women's match on the show. That was literally your your fill of women's yeah. wrestling for the evening, was that. Like, I'd, le- I'd actually prefer them to do, like, a get all the divas in the ring type battle royale or lumberjill match. Because this here is just them kind of going, well, Maria Menounos, she's such a megastar. God, guys, Kelly, Eve, make sure you avert your eyes so you don't get blinded by the white-hot blaze of yeah. uh, Maria Menounos' stardom. Rubbish! Backstage, Matt Stryker is with HB Shizzle. Sean alludes to whose side is he going to be on tonight. I will say I loved this whole aspect of the feud, which was Shawn Michaels is going to be the ref, which everyone thought was going to happen last year at WrestleMania, mm. which it didn't. And they started alluding to, you know, Taker was doing the mind games. Kind of going, yeah, you're his buddy, but are you sure you're going to be the egotist that you are, Sean? You're going to actually let Triple H end the streak and prove once and for all that he's better than you yeah. and Sean is kind of like I've got the power to end an era in the palm of my hands I love that yeah he's yeah. genuinely conflicted it was subtle and Michaels it's cause you know what Michaels is a dick like you do mm-hmm. know it and even though him and Triple H are buds he doesn't like anyone more than he likes Sean Michaels and they really played it up there like cause like, Taker was doing things like you had to retire full of regret cause you couldn't do what you said you'd do and your buddy's gonna, you know, make you out to be a loser and you'll be known as the guy who couldn't do it. Fucking brilliant. Out comes Jim Ross with his uh, goatee. God bless whoever sent him out for this. Good idea. Such a good idea. I will say, I liked having the the two-man booth up until this point. Cole and Lawler, a lot better than fucking Matthews and Booker. Big improvement. Yeah, they've been really serviceable tonight. They really like, oh no, Booker, you have made a special cake for you, Tarun. You're in the really big, important match over there. He goes over and he takes care of business, you know. (laughs) Now, we need you for those 60 seconds later on, Booker. You can't commentate. (laughs) Sorry. End of an era. Hell in a Cell. One more time. Triple H taking on The Undertaker with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. Only one of us left the ring after last year's WrestleMania. That was the crux to this story. And I thought this was one of the smartest streak stories they've ever told. And honestly, the one that got me most invested, I think, out of all the ones since they started really going hell for leather around WrestleMania 25 with the streak being on the line. Because the whole idea that Triple H was like, I don't need to beat the streak last year you had to leave on a little car i left on my own two feet 
The only reason you were able to win was a complete fluke. I had you beat. Everyone could see that. You've been gone for a year. You've been exiled. Everyone knows that I'm the man and you can't hang anymore. And they did this whole thing with The Undertaker. was like showing all these packages where he's like, you fight me. You know, he had to go Triple H to fight. He was obsessed, wasn't he? Yeah, and that was like the first time for ages, for ages, instead of Undertaker being like, you're just another dragon trying to attack Matt Castle. It was now The Undertaker was like, fucking fight me. Yeah. I, I have to prove last year was a fluke. Taker cut his hair off to prove how important this was to him. Doesn't really make doesn't, sense. Doesn't really add up. No. Now, like, he, he, like, <laughs> he, he says that he kept cutting his hair off until Triple H agreed to the match. We're supposed to believe that Triple H is going to bow to Undertaker holding his own hair hostage. <laughs> hair versus hair match, man. You know? I mean, Triple H cut his hair shortly after this as well, I guess. Yeah. So it doesn't really make that much of a <laughs> But, like, the thing that was funny about it was that Taker had obviously just went, fuck it, I'm cutting my hair because he had the year off. Yeah. And then they had to, like, write it in post-haste. There was, as a result, one segment on Raw where Taker had to come out in a wig. Oh, yeah! With his long, luxurious hair. Now, can it be that they've had the same wig people all these years? Because when Kane was wearing a wig all those years, it looked legit. When he took it off, it was like, whoa, that was a wig? What? Like, Kane, here tonight, that was a wig. Yeah. He didn't have that hair. Yet when Gallows did fake Kane... And when fucking Undertaker had to do fake Undertaker hair, I guess. They're so bad. Yeah, the worst. Oh my god. Maybe Pound shop wigs. Rush wig jobs, I guess, here. Triple H comes out for this match from a metal bouncy castle. It's fairly sedate for Triple H. Yeah. At WrestleMania. It's gotten so bad this past few years. Well, I say bad, like over the top this past few years. This seems really reserved. After a fucking pushing out for like, you know, three singers and Sean P. Diddy Coombs to appear and The Rock for all the shit for the main event, there wasn't enough left in the kitty for Triple H to get the full... uh, No Schwarzenegger this year. Can can I ask, what is your favourite, like, self-indulgent Triple H entrance? Definitely the Terminator one. WrestleMania, I'm back! And then, like, all the fucking exoskeletons. See, I I love this year's... Of the fucking Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that was great as well. Steph yeah. being like furious, screaming. Yeah, oh, I, I like. I like that that entire that entire thing was just set up so the two of them could get off later on that yeah. night. Yeah. The whole the thing, best sex ever, <laughs> everything. Like you know, this match is an interesting one because it's happening an hour into the show. You've got a fucking hell in a cell, end of an era. They're going hell for leather with this. There can only be one last outlaw again. Triple H is so orange hair oh yeah he he's, is. he's physically orange he's, yeah. he's so orange how come he never gets shit for that I don't know actually because it's happened several Randy, times in his career Miz, they always get shit for being mm. orange men Triple H is like a goddamn pumpkin here yeah he is he is so pumpkin like here and fucking when he's coming out as well Oh, God, Michael Cole, this is so fucking lame. It's Triple H is coming out. Did you guys check out Triple H's workout videos on WWE.com? No. (laughs) Said everyone ever except Triple H and Michael Cole and maybe Sheamus. Super Shredder? No, it's The Undertaker. Yeah. I like this. Crazy jacket. He looks like a death metal monk. (laughs) He looks like he's going to come in and like win the Eurovision in a real outside (laughs) show. And as he takes off his little his robe, you get lightning for the haircut. <laughs> now, I got my haircut yesterday, and I was kind of hoping that it would be like... 
you know, but sadly, and, the, and then we get the incredible cage lowering music, don't yeah. we? Really? Fortune's fame, stuff that veins, gone insane, but the memory <laughs> I was really shocked that they actually managed to include this on the network. Kept it on the network, yeah. Because yeah. they had, was it For Whom the Bell Tolls before now? They had to cut it out and replace it with some generic guitar. Record. That's because Metallica don't care about this song. Yeah, yeah to be so fair, it memory did, remains. It did fill me with false hope, though, because I was really hoping that the cage was going to be constantly like rotating slowly. <laughs> the old lady at the side of the this is such a attitude era was great, wasn't it, lads? Absolutely. So, it's Triple H, it's Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, it's Hell in a Cell. Like this is designed for like even if you don't want to see Rock and Cena, come on for fuck's sake. <laughs> like if this doesn't draw you back, like yeah. literally, other than Steve Austin fucking cooking you a steak dinner and giving you a hand job, there's nothing else <laughs> that's gonna bring you back here. This is, I think, at the time, the most realistic biggest attitude era is coming back lol yes. shot that they could fire for sure Undertaker starts off fast and furious with Triple H there's a lot more uh, fury at the start of this one than last yeah. year last year felt slow and plodding yeah. and I will say this match even after the rewatches I've watched this quite a few times there's a pace here there's an immediacy to what's going on mm. even though it's quite a long match even though both of these lads have had basically a 12-month layoff, mm. I was worried that it would be fucking slow shy. But obviously, the year off has done them both well because they go hell for leather. Undertaker taking charge right at the start there with the uh, lefts and rights. The bu- 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 JR gives one of the weirdest and oh God, grossest yeah. lines he's ever said. The uh, carcinogenic right hands of the Undertaker. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that those right hands are going to give him cancer, but it will raise his chances <laughs> of, become, of having cancer. Ew. Now, I don't know if The Undertaker's a smoker, how much bacon he eats. One of these men will get cancer <laughs> by the end of here tonight. Now, Cowboy Bill Watts had cancer. And, I mean, come on, lads. Why are you carcinogenic? Carcinogenic. Yeah, Hot take. You don't know what that word means. <laughs> Do you? Your lack of fucking oncological knowledge exposes the business, Mr. Ross. Maybe he means like, maybe he thinks it means like it's entertaining, like in a Johnny Carson-esque <laughs> way. What, holding a fucking, holding an envelope to his head? Long, throat, rectal, and cheek. The types of cancer that The Undertaker <laughs> makes. The Undertaker chews though, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he, a does. he does. A chew big up. water chew. Want to keep an eye we on We should those, have a uh... carcinogenic bike then. <laughs> the fumes from the bike. A great name for a finish. <laughs> a carcinogenic bite. I kept laughing during this match because something I do when I watch wrestling is I just imagine that the. Uh, the commentators aren't referring to them by their uh, wrestler names, that they're referring to them by their real names. Yeah. So just the idea of these men in the ring being called Mark, Michael and Paul really made me laugh. <laughs> three three lads, like, just three boys. Cole literally only chimes in to correct Jerry. Yeah. And Jerry's like, wow, what a move by The Undertaker. That was Triple H. <laughs> Uh-oh. That's literally it. JR does a great job here. And you know what? They only have him out for this one match. Mm. And I way preferred having JR out here 
for one match that he actually is invested in, yeah. as opposed to having an egg for shits and giggles. Like they basically did a 27. Yeah. Imagine if he stayed until the very end of the evening. By the Rock and Cena match, he's going to be fucking just... Finally! <laughs> <laughs> That's all he's going to be like. The Undertaker bats away Shawn Michaels at the start, yeah. and like there's just... I think what I like most about this, and I think a lot of it may be lost in the crowd, because... So much of what I love about this match is the real close facial expressions, mm. the story they're telling with the little, the little turns of hand and the little things that they're doing. And obviously the crowd, it's a big stadium and you've got that Hell in a Cell 2.0 that's very, very, very meshy and you can barely see it. Yeah. So they don't get to see things like, you know, Shawn Michaels comes in and he's like, you know, Undertaker, stop that. And Taker doesn't look at him and he just bats him away mm. like a cat would a butterfly and Sean's like whoa now I'm a ball of twine here you pay attention to me Mr. Yeah. Cat and there's little things like that that really I love that for, for such a big Hell in a Cell match with three main event guys in it it is one of the most subtle matches I've ever yeah. seen because you think storytelling yeah like. you think big Hell in a Cell you think a big fucking moves spectacle you're not thinking the facial expressions looks things Acting, like that emotions I'll say though fucking grunts in this one well, well, actually, grunt of the night here for you guys. Yep. Undertaker does a big old leg drop, you know, when he puts Triple H's head on the apron, yeah, he does yeah. a huge leg drop, and then he makes this noise. There it is! Big there it is! I always say that after every grunt of the night now, there. That's great because that's showing a great range of grunts on The Undertaker. Oh, There'll be more to come, Kevin. Now, that's what's great about The Undertaker is like, because people kind of, you know, he changes his game up, doesn't he? You know, with the strikes, the submissions, not just the blue, but also the, yeah! You know, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a, a man of many noises. A very dynamic uh, competitor is The Undertaker. So, Taker takes control outside of the ring and he tosses the stairs inside to the ring. Triple H tries to do the pedigree on the steps and we actually get the spine buster on the stairs. Oh, it's nasty. The noise it makes, it's like... Like it's yeah. so, it's such a soft, like oh Jesus, because yeah, there's something in my mind that if it makes it big, like it would, it was fake, yeah, yeah. But it's fake. It's like, boom. oh, Ooh. like that noise was just Undertaker's tailbone meeting a steel stair. Yeah, his back takes a fucking licking in this match. Seriously, Triple H like just starts going hell for leather here. He's like, right, you know, I know what I need to do to beat him, and I love the story. It, Pulls in from last year where Triple H tried to beat him with wrestling last year and it was a no DQ match and only towards the end he went for the hammer and went for the chair and stuff. Yeah. Straight away here, five minutes in, he's like, fuck it, I know what I gotta do. I'm not gonna waste my time wrestling because it's not gonna work. Like It's like the only way I could describe Triple H here, the way he's acting, is like the one time my brother beat me in WrestleMania two thousand on the N sixty four. The first time he was toying with me a little bit and I managed to win. And then the next time he unplugged my controller, beat me in 30 <laughs> seconds while maintaining eye contact the whole time and then left the room and didn't speak to me for the rest of the day. It's like, I don't care about the show. I don't care about the pageantry. I know what I need to do. I'm going to win. Mm. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Loads of fucking spine shots to The Undertaker here. Oh. And lots of shots with the chair. I mean, this is really now what we're into full-on... No chair shots to the face. You're working over the back. And a lot of times, I don't like when you get a guy coming and going, here we go! And then he turns over and he hits yeah. him in the back. Triple H does a great job here. Of, like, he is working the back. It yeah. looks natural. And, like, I think because they can't do that vicious shot to the head anymore, the shots they do do on the back, they do it, like, 
three times as hard as they would normally. Yeah. Because they are big, like, like huge noises. And Shawn Michaels, like, winces every time. Yeah, every time. I love that. And, like, he turns to Triple H and he goes, you know he won't quit. Yeah. You're just going to have to pin him. And I think that's, like, what starts the real story here now, where, like, Triple H wants Sean to call it. He's like, you know, end the match. And Undertaker, like, is looking at Sean. he's like, don't stop it. Mm. I love this, like, he's the real human part of the Undertaker, where he literally sits up and he goes, don't stop the match, Sean. Yeah. Do not stop the match. I fucking love it's that. It's so interesting. This is, I would say, for definite, my favourite special guest referee match ever. Because yeah. like he's, he's got reason to be with both of them. He has an actual role. Is that the only one that has a reason? Yeah, absolutely. Reason to be a special guest referee. So well done. And like they have a unique relationship between them, because even though like they've all been rivals, but they all share a special bond. Like Triple mm. H and Sean, obviously, are best mates. And then you have like Taker turn to Sean go like, don't end the match and it's kind of like oh WrestleMania 26 you retired him the respect oh man I love it and even Triple H he goes you end it Sean you end it or I will finally (laughs) (laughs) I I love that that's like such a fucking mean streak in Triple H here like he's really just like you know the the crowd kind of go a little quiet at points they're Mm kind of like they're uncomfortable what he's doing here he goes out and he's been cutting the forehead Triple H but he still knows what he needs to do he goes out and he gets the fucking sledgehammer and Jim Ross is like oh no not the sledgehammer oh I hate that fucking gimmick (laughs) please let me ring the bell such a moment oh my god and Triple H I thought oh they're gonna do you know he's gonna tease it and he's Decks him. Yeah. Bam. Straight to it. Right in the face with the hammer. And an Undertaker kicks out. Like 2.5. Mm. And you know what? They've done the hammer to death and back. But you know what? They've always protected the hammer. Yeah. I think it's maybe one of the first or very few times where someone's kicked out of the hammer. Like straight up. Boom. Hammer right in the face. And he puts it like over his head like he's going to fucking yeah. kill him. Oh. And Sean grabs it. Thank like, God. That ain't happening. Yeah. Cause Not in my house. The crowd didn't bring their big plastic laminates to stop for the watermelon explosion <laughs> for uh, fucking Rory Gallagher. <laughs> Uh-oh. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Taker hells gates Shawn Michaels to stop the match being ended on his behalf. Shawn's got to call for the band to end it. He decides, right, I have to kill Shawn, I guess. Yeah. Fucking love it. And as he's got Shawn in that hold, Triple H just goes over and hammers him right oh. again. Oh my god! And then Triple H gets the Hell's Gate, and somewhere backstage after a dick kick, oh, he gets dick kicked and falls into the Hell's Gate, which is incredible. And like somewhere backstage, Teddy Long is really hot under the collar because, <laughs> as we all know, the Hell's Gate submission has been banned. It's literally the only thing Teddy Long has ever had to announce with regret. Like when he comes out, <laughs> now hold on a minute, player. The Hell's Gate has been banned. I know you don't like that, but tag team. We now get our second grunt of the night. Whoa, here. Adam, Ooh, you're spoiling us. Taker straining in the Hell's Gate, and like, there's an amazing shot where it cuts to like a sudden close up of Taker's face just zooming out on him going. Referee is out. Little Nate comes running out. He's like there to like you know take over because like fuck it. Sean's been killed. What are we gonna do? This match needs to have an official. It can't just you know one of these men will kill the other if we just leave it here with no official. And the fucking Little Nate gets choke slammed. Yeah. And uh, as he gets choke slammed, Jim Ross just goes, "The little referee may be broken in half." <laughs> the little ref. 
Jim Ross with Dan Ryan levels of novel description here. <laughs> the little referee gets choke slammed by the big man onto the plain canvas in the big arena. Sweet chill music, pedigree combo. Oh. On the night, everyone in the place where we were, everyone stood that up. That was it. Yeah. This is it. It's a heart stopping moment. Like. Literally, this is the fucking. This is the powers that be, the finishing move combo. Yeah. Like, Vince McMahon might as well have come out and pissed on Matt for this. Because <laughs> yeah. that was it. No way. No way. And he kicks out. The roar from the crowd and the roar of where we were. Yeah. So loud. And I love as well, like, right after that, like, Triple H is just like, fuck it. And he just decks Sean and fucks him out of the ring. Yeah. And, like... You know, I remember thinking at the time, kind of go, wow, look, they go all over the place here. And this, like, you know, 30, 40 minute match. It's a long match. But, you know, Taker's with Sean. Sean's with Triple H. Triple H hits Sean. Sean gets hit by a Taker. Everyone is on everyone's side and off everyone's yeah. side. I don't know, is that too much? But it, it no, works. It, it keeps works. you intrigued, I think, because you, you're constantly keeping an eye on Sean. Like, is he going to favor one or the other? Because they both fucking beat him up. Right? Undertaker hits a tombstone pile driver and we get a kick out and or a gloop of the night. And basically Undertaker uh, ejaculates out of his mouth. (laughs) Oh, God. Fucking hell. Oh, God. These two just start punching each other. Nothing left in the tank. I love it. Falling apart at the seams. Triple H gets a pedigree and a kick out. And now the story is... Triple H has used up all of his stamina, all of his reversals. He has got nothing left in the tank. He's out of everything. And Undertaker has gotten his second win. The image of both men on the floor and then Sean sat against a turnbuckle with his head in his hands is such a powerful image. Great. I've never been that account. Yeah, you know, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, you know, HBK, those, those, you know, no one can come close. I've always, I mean, at this time, I was kind of of the opinion, fuck it, you know, let some other people come in and have a bit of a go Mm -hmm. here. I I didn't like that Taker, his I knew only had so many WrestleManias left in him, I guess. I figured I was annoyed that these two lads, Michaels and Triple H, were basically, you know, Bogart and The Undertaker's yeah. Yeah. fucking gimmick here. And it was only them. But fuck it, man. These two really knew what they were doing. These three knew what they were doing. And Undertaker, when he stands on Triple H's hammer, as you desperately try and... And too weak. And the Undertaker's like, nah, we're going to school. And he beats the fuck out of Triple H with a chair. I look at this point, Sean has just like turned his back on them. Like he's not even watching at this point because it's just making him sick. Like he just has to look away from the violence now. And then Undertaker is screaming at Triple H, stay down. Yeah. Oh man, fucking hell. Triple H is just dead. He tries the hammer, but no use Taker just fucks it. Like he fucking huffs it out mm. of the ring, tosses that thing. Triple H just gives the crotch up and Undertaker with a big old tombstone. Fucking hell. Absolutely hammers him. Wins the match. What a fucking encounter. I loved that match. Yeah, I love it. It's held up with age. Oh, yeah. I I still find it peculiar that people don't like it. People don't like this one. People prefer the last one. I, I can't I had, say I had like I had, a, I had a few comments on it not like a, like a negative way but I like just just find it bizarre that the three of us like that the second match more than the mm. first match I guess it's maybe different strokes yeah different, I mean because some people will look at this one they'll go you've got hammer shots everyone is their finisher a million times yeah. back and forth over the top I accept the fact that if you're not on board with this and you're not you're not into this from the offset there's nothing they do here that will turn you over mm. because it is yeah 
loads of kickouts yeah. and they go way over the top in this. But I think it works. Because, I think it's great. I think know, it's one of the best matches in terms of storytelling ever. Best Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania, anyway. For sure. I mean, and I thought, you know, Hell in a Cell, they didn't use the gimmick of the cell yeah. in that didn't go outside, didn't do loads, but the cell made it feel like it was final and it was yeah. special. And even this is the years where they'd done Hell in a Cell pay-per-views where they're getting rid of, you know, they're making that gimmick mean nothing. I felt the cell added to it in that it meant, you know, Taker and Triple H in the cell. They were locked in together. You know, these, both of these guys and Shawn Michaels, these guys were in the cell when it mattered. It's mm. not like fucking Randy Orton and Sheamus in the yeah. cell here, yeah. you know? It's just more of a setting than as a gimmick. It's, it's more that the crowd wouldn't have been able to see, though, because you've got the four trees and now a big cage. And yet yeah, still they had them in the palm yeah. of their fucking hands. Mm. I will say, I watched this match twice in one week because I watched it with a friend a while ago and I had to watch it again for recording this. And it's not as perfect as I always used to remember it being. Like, watching it that second time, I did feel that there's just a couple too many false finishes. Like, they could have gone away with at least one finisher apiece. Yeah, just a little bit less. Like, I think it's only because I watched it twice so close together. Yeah. But I just think it does get a little bit dragged out towards the end there. Not to take away from it, though, because it is fucking incredible. I mean, it's not as if you were seeing matches like this every week. No. Where it's like, ah, you know, those... I mean, you know, I think there did come a point in a few years' time where they went to the well with this type of booking with mm. the 90 million finishers and kickouts of everything and way over the top. You know, you don't want to have this every night, mm. okay? This is a this is a big... This is a whole chicken from Nando's. Pretty much. You yeah. know, I won't tell anyone if you enjoyed it, but if you have it twice in one week, I am going to tell your friends yeah. and family. Oh, God, how are we going to come down from that big one? It's a Hall of Fame recap. Oh, Jesus, it was really sad to see Edge... Yeah. Oh god, he nearly made me fucking cry just from his facial expressions. He came out with tears in his yeah, eyes. So sad. Fucking hell, Mule Mascaris. Big old prick. Big old if, prick. If Mick Foley can't say anything nice about you, you've done bad. <laughs> Meal, I don't think I'll take that backbreaker. It's a little bit risky, Mascaris. I.e. I won't take that move that kids do. Sensible children who know they shouldn't be doing wrestling do on each other. I'll give you a backbreaker. Let's put you down the knee. You'll be okay. Not only on Scaris. Fuck him. We also get all five members of the Four Horsemen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Including uh, Rick Flair, who was under contract to TNA at the time. No way. Yeah. Who basically pissed and moaned and cried until they let him appear there. In exchange, they got Christian to induct Sting into the Hall of Fame. And it was in literally the biggest case of I'm contractually obliged to be here. For fuck's sake. Poor fucking Christian. You what have to show up there. What does Christian have to do with Sting? Christian and Sting had a match in TNA. A match. Is that it? Maybe two. <laughs> a match. That's it. Like Wow. Hall of Fame. That's the TNA Hall of Fame. Get it's Hogan. not Hall of Fame. What, what was Hogan doing at this time? Hogan was... Surely Hogan make, was TNA at the time, yeah. Why wouldn't they get Hogan to induct Sting? Because they had big old feuds. That is so peculiar. It's peculiar. I don't know. You got fucking Ric Flair here and Barry Windham, who, because it's a fucking black tie affair, decides to wear jeans. <laughs> Ric Flair looking in front of this crowd, which is like to a factor of a hundred the size of any TNA crowd where he's working at the moment. <laughs> his <laughs> eyes basically saying, please don't make me go back. <laughs> oh, they won't give me an advance on my money. <laughs> And a convicted rapist, Mike Tyson, is there. Yokozuna, who's definitely not Japanese. He's from Hawaii. Take that childhood. He's there as well. It's a bit of a ramshackle Hall of Fame. It's It's a a better Hall of Fame than last year. Yeah, I think so. And Edge, I'm really happy Edge is there, but Jesus Christ. 
it's one of the saddest things about going back and doing this is just seeing how much it affected him. You could yeah. tell yeah. there's a man who's really fucking taking that Torn on the chin. He, yeah. he's, he's in pure tears when he comes out. Like you know, it looks like he's about to burst out crying. We cut to Michael Cole with uh, his pink waistcoat on there. What was that? Fuck me. I've noticed it's been pointed out to me on on HRS that if a wrestler wears pink, I'm all I'm always all over. I'm like, that's fucking <laughs> awesome, man! Like, it's it's a great color. Michael Cole in his pink waistcoat, though. Ew, he looks like ham gum. I don't like it at all. <laughs> and he turns to us and he says, both Triple H and The Undertaker are going to be going into the Hall of Fame someday. Mate, tag your fucking spoilers, yeah? <laughs> Jerry Lawler claims in the last match, all 78,000 people were chanting, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, he's got a little jewel tie as yeah. well. Do you think if you pull that away, he'll like turn into a demon? Like, Meh! With all his skin falls off. Melisandre. <laughs> Backstage, Josh Matthews with Florida. Flo, Flo Rida and Heath Slater. Flo Rida, Flo, Florida bonks Heath. And uh, take that. And then... Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Tyler X is coming going, dude! Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't even recognise those two as like Heath Slater gets beaten up, I just wrote two weird looking blokes mocking. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Hawkins. The Zappa twins again, like. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins shows up, he's there. He's, make sure you bring your cane, Kurt. Everyone knows that's your gimmick, yeah? That's his gimmick, folks, Fuck by the way. Hell. In case you're wondering. Flo Rida. I like that song, My House. Yeah. It's basically, I like when a cool person's like, we don't have to go away, fuck it anyway. Let's just get fucking pizza. Fuck you in in the cold. <laughs> 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 fuck paying that much for a pint. Look, I bought a jug of wine. <laughs> <laughs> fuck everywhere but my house. <laughs> he really bonked up poor Heath Slater. Yeah. And poor Heath here looks so fucking ramshackle, doesn't he? his weird red he's really flush yeah. really pink skin on his Slayer here tonight his hair is long and beautiful though Flo Rida apparently when Vince saw him without his shirt straight away wanted him to be a wrestler for fuck's sake coming up next it's time to cool down this crowd Team Johnny taking on Team Hold On A Minute Player it's Miz Mark Henry Dolph Ziggler Jack Swagger Drew McIntyre David Otunga and David Otunga's cape Accompanied to the ring by Flybear, Vicky Guerrero, and Brie Bella, taking on Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, Great Khali, Or Truth, Booker T, Santina Morella, and Nikki Bella, and the Flybear is Hornswoggle, and Aksana. Can you do that again now, but do it as if Steve Austin doing the challenges for the Broken School Challenge? <laughs> Mark Henry, Trench Warfare, <laughs> and Aksana for some reason. Fucking hell. What is this? Fucking mess. Mess of a match. Like, Team Teddy is the drizzling shit. Yeah, it is. I mean, out of the two teams, I guess Team Johnny is ever so slightly better. But Jesus Christ. 2012, following on from 2011, your mid-card sucks. I want a Team Johnny t-shirt. So <laughs> Absolutely. I want one of those. Uh, Team Teddy as well, because Team Teddy looks like totally not like Teddy Long. He's pulling a weird little smiley face. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, Jesus. Uh, both their photos are like for their IDs. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> Just look into the camera. What? <laughs> what do you mean? What's wrong with this suit? It's Robin A. Blue. Look at John Laurinaitis. That suit would give Brother Love a heart attack. 
And I was wondering if they would edit out their tasteless line because they often do this. You know, I'd say uh, Rey Mysterio's career is alive and well. Unlike Heath Ledger, who's dead in the fucking ground, <laughs> beating by worms. Uh, they didn't get rid of that one, but they also didn't get rid of that suit would give Brother Love a heart attack, who had just had a heart attack oh, at that point. Yikes. Now, they were on very bad terms with, with Pritchard when he left, and that was a line that was definitely, fucking definitely fed to him. F- seriously. Whatever about anyone having bad terms with, don't make fun of a lad for having a fucking heart attack. Yeah, fuck me. You know, what are you going to do? The brand t-shirts jobify everyone who wears them, and doubly so when you've got old men's heads on them as well. Like, here's the Miz last year, main event, WrestleMania, big video package, all the fucking hype and pomp and circumstance. This year, he's got John Laurinaitis' picture on his fucking Raw shirt. (laughs) There are too many people! Everyone gets to have a go at wrestling tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It's fan access. You get to see what it's like to be in a, in a WrestleMania mid-card match. Still like Booker in the ring, though. Far, far better than him on commentary. He gets a yeah. big pop. Yeah, I think he does all right. And Booker T is definitely here of the case that he probably wants to wrestle, but they've told him, you can't wrestle. And then they're like, ah, maybe go and wrestle. He could be wrestling on them full-time, because he was with TNA before he left them. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's wasted here, I think. He's, we, he's got all star power still. We get my grunt of the night. You get a grunt? I've got a grunt of the night, yeah. And it is Dolph jumping on Booker and making a Gary Coleman Galaxy of Prawns noise. (laughs) He's probably just going... (laughs) (laughs) Dolph Ziggler is my favourite grunter. Constantly makes Gary Coleman noises. (laughs) You're like Tyson Kidd as well, because he goes... (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, like little ones like that. Like, they sound like Street Fighter characters, I think. Yeah! You know, they're real. While we're at it, I've got one bloody more. Oh, oh, go on right. then. Booker T hits a sidewalk slam and makes a big, horrible noise. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! That's such a heel noise. Yeah, there That's it is. like Booker T being beaten up by Steve Austin in a supermarket. Yeah! <laughs> you can tell the crowd aren't into this because everyone on the hard camera notices that they can see themselves in the yeah. hard camera at once. Everyone is pointing and looking away from what's going on in the ring. It's just like, you know, people take turns beating up on Booker because he's the only one who's got any kind of simpy from the crowd, so the heels work him over. You get tandem dives by the SmackDown team, which is really cool. Three guys all going Ooh. over at once. The hot tag gets built up to Santino, who hits the Cobra on the Miz. Zack and Ziggler come in, and these two have a bit of a flurry. Poor fucking Zack Ryder. He really wanted, you know, to... He had a special jacket made up, yeah, Ryder yeah. Mania. He puts on, like, a WrestleMania performance. Like, he's the only highlight of this match. He pulls out all the stops. Yeah, he does. I feel so bad for him. We did yeah. fucking Z-Trilong on the story, and we watched, oh. watched the leading up to this. Like, it's so fucking sad, because oh. he's so jazz for this Ziggler gets a monkey flip and he spins like fucking 360 I love that so good amazing Eve distracts Zack Ryder Miz hits the skull crushing finale Team Johnny wins so Johnny gets to control the show that his superstars appear in anyway so what the fuck does it matter and then Eve just kicks Zack Ryder in the balls she's turned heel healer she was already she was already heel so there you go lads Fucking hell. I mean, you know, it's never too unimportant a match to bury Zack Ryder. Let that teach you a goddamn lesson. No one gets over on my watch. YouTube ain't going to be around in a year. What do you... (laughs) (laughs) It's all about tout. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if he he did it on tout, 
Yeah, he would have been pushed to the moon. Absolutely. Quick shot of Tori Wilson and her famous boyfriend in the crowd. Yeah. Get her obligatory Ford Hood recap. Mm-hmm. I'm from Germany. Ireland. Montreal, Quebec. This is one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. Alright, hit the music. We went out there tonight, it was fan access, and we just did a flash mob. Not only about WrestleMania, it's about giving back to the community. WWE is here to promote our campaign, which is Don't be a bully. Our students really took the message to heart. So today they're not only superstars, but they are heroes here at Hialeah Gardens Middle School. Oh, good practice, good practice. I think I'm a professional. I've never played golf before. I'm gonna stick to uh, picking up chicks. I love that sound. It sounds like winning. Woo! Heck of a shot though, right? You got an art show. You got a fashion show. You got a beautiful red carpet. You got everything going on that you could possibly want. And it's for a good cause. So all the proceeds from this event go to a wonderful place called Alex's Place. I mean, it's WWE. It doesn't get much better than this. We're going to have a special fashion show auction exclusively for the WrestleMania Premier Party. Sold for $2,700. $3,500. The WrestleMania finals for the reading challenge. These guys were fighting for ringside seats at WrestleMania. So they'll have much better seats than me. These uh, guys had a big tournament up here on stage. They had buzzers. They had to press in. It's a question-answer competition between the books that they had read. That is correct. Piano. Let's hear it for Chase LeClaire, Nicole Jones, and our final winner, Jesus Reyes. This is a motivational part on behalf of WWE to get the kids to start reading. I think it's great that kids can win tickets to WrestleMania by just reading. Take the challenge. And read your way to WrestleMania. Tweeting all morning long. WrestleMania reading challenge, let me hear it one time. Miz in sunglasses going, tweeting. All morning long is the most 2012 thing yeah, ever. Yeah. They also did a flash mob because they're a bucket of pricks. Fucking, this state of this year's access is so weird. They have another WrestleMania <laughs> golf challenge again this year. <laughs> did you see Bitter McFoley at the reading challenge? No. Yeah, yeah, these guys, it's really great. They get a chance to uh, you know read. It's good for a good cause and they uh, get to win tickets. Uh, better tickets than I'm actually getting for WrestleMania this year. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did write a blog post on Facebook where he's like, I asked for tickets and I didn't get out. Oh, no. Fucking hell. But maybe you should have been tweeting all morning long as opposed (laughs) to Facebook bitter blog posting all night long. Okay, that's where you went wrong. CM Punk gets an ominous word from Big Johnny who adds a stipulation to the match. If he gets disqualified, he will lose the championship. Don't think you should uh, add a stipulation to a match right before it at Wrestlemania no I disagree with that because they did it at 17 when they made Will Rock and Austin no disqualification but we talked about this at Money in the Bank I think the whole if you lose by DQ you will lose the belt thing and how at Money in the Bank that felt like well fucking obviously Christian's going to win the yeah. belt by DQ here the fact that they did it last minute and they didn't make the whole build about this stipulation did make me feel a bit more like well it could go either way like, basically yeah. for me what it seems like is that Jericho and Punk were putting together their match and they're like it's missing something should we just do this let's ask and they yeah. got permission so there you go 
WWE Championship on the line. The best in the world taking on his new rival, the man who claims to be the best in the world at what he does. It's a battle of uh, technicalities, I guess. As CM Punk takes on the returning Chris Jericho. I am the best in the world. I've been the best ever since day one when I walked into this company. I don't drink. I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. My addiction is wrestling. For almost six years, I have proved to everybody in the world that I am the best. Fight mom! I am the best in the world. My name is C.M. Punk. The end of the world as you know it has arrived. The end of thievery, the end of plagiarism, and then there's C.M. Punk. I've already exposed the deep, dirty secrets about your dysfunctional family. Your father is an alcoholic. And your sister, well, she's got problems with substance abuse, doesn't she? Your parents' wedding date took place after your birth date. That makes you the legal definition of a bastard. See, I'm not off limits, but my family, as far as I'm concerned, is. I am not a bastard. I'm the best wrestler in the world. You were never really the man, like how I'm the man, were you? While you choose to leave and be a rock star, I'm here on top, swimming with sharks, while you're dancing with stars. Let me be completely clear and honest with you. I came back to the WWE for one reason only, to beat you for that title at WrestleMania and shove down your throat that I am the best in the world at what I do. I prove it, I claim it, I am it. You, Chris Jericho, are my obstacle, and I'm going straight through you to prove that I am the best in the world at everything I do. Hi, Bomb. Okay, I want to say straight away, Jeritroll, when he came yeah. back, this was one of my most favorite things that he has ever, ever, ever done. One of the reasons why I loved it so much is that people hated it. And he, he got him. He got him hook, line, sinker. All the video packages with like a little girl in like a classroom. Like it's the end of the world as you know it. People pouring over it. Thinking it was a fucking Breaking Bad episode. <laughs> Jericho wore yellow once which speaks to his cowardice and also meth. Fuck off. It was people taking the bait and then Jericho came back smiled loads went yeah and then just left yeah and then the next week he came out pretty much the same thing pointing to the crowd then he just leave my favorite thing he did was that he was in a tag match the whole match it was like him in a face building up the hot tag come on come on gets the hot tag in comes Jericho literally four corners of the ring pointing about to explode ultimate warrior shaking the ropes and then he just tags out and leaves and as he's walking up the ramp and I like most about it it just they hinted that he was a little bit unhinged 
Jericho walking up the ramp on his own just going yeah 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 to himself unfortunately they kind of ran out of steam with this because Jericho got into the rumble we all thought he'd win Sheamus won because obviously and then the next night on Raw he just started attacking Punk after that and like you know really going after Punk and be like I'm here because CM Punk has ripped me off and everyone's ripping me off and I'm the best in the world not you so they kind of like had a story and then they changed it into a completely different story mm. because the man who's here is not the man who debuted you know two months previously mm. yeah. so they did do a bit of a 180 on this I do like both of the things separately though because Jericho is such a fucking dick yeah. in this place he is a bastard he's revealing that Punk's life is actually shit <laughs> your dad's a dick your sister's a bollocks and all of you have got drug problems and Punk's like you motherfucker like you know you're gonna get a tattoo about it like you know CM Punk having probably one of the best lines of his career I'm here swimming with sharks when you're dancing with stars oh so good I just love when like wrestlers haven't got so much ego that they don't mind playing off what are their obvious defects yeah and Punk is going you were never the man really like I'm the man you know you you, you were champion but you were never like the champion guy. like yeah. I am the ironic thing is is that Punk was also yeah, never the guy like sadly. he says he's being the guy here it's Punk's first Wrestlemania as champion and he's not in the main event and he was not happy about this now the real disgruntlement didn't start to the following year but thoughts on the WWE Championship match not going on in the main event? I get why Punk's angry because he was definitely main event worthy. He was definitely the guy that should have been in the main event. And I think with WrestleMania 29, it should have been the case. But I think this year, I can't blame them for putting... Of course Cena and Rock are going to go on last. You've That's built the it money for a match. year. Yeah. You can't put that it on not last. That has to close the show. There's no way around that. And Jericho could literally tell you, you know, him and Triple H went on main event for main event's sake after Rock Hogan yeah. at 18. stupid idea. And the crowd died. Or fucking Randy Orton and Triple H went on after Taker and Shawn yeah. Michaels. The reality is, is that if the match and the feud is hot enough, it can go on after anything. Mm. But the reality is, you're kidding yourself if you think that people wanted to see this match more, or even as much, or even half as much mm. as the other one. I like the story for this, mm. but the reality is you had a whole year of build mm -hmm. for that Rock Cena one, so nothing really you could do. Jericho comes out, he gets his random fireworks, half his jacket is broken. It's a bit shit. He comes out, half his lights don't go. WrestleMania. He, the guy who designed his jacket designed a jacket for Justin Bieber as well. Oh. And it costs lots of money. I bet. There's a whole chapter in his book about how much money it costs. <laughs> Angry CM Punk attacks Y2J from the outset. Comes really close to hitting that uh, five count loads and loads. I love it. Jericho's literally clinging to the ropes. Like he'll go and like slag off Punk's sister or something. And then he'll go and cling onto the ropes again so the ref has to count. Fucking genius. Jericho in this is like a serial killer at the end of like a crime film where he's taunting the policeman. Like, How's your father? How's your sister trying to goad the policeman into killing him? Do you him? see the big smile on his face? Mm. Like he's like, ah, how's your sister? The courts are civil, pig. You have to kill me, pig. CM Punk goes for the chair and then... <laughs> Chris Jericho like no subtlety at all goes hit me in the head with the chair your sister's a drug addict <laughs> yeah. 
I love that the fucking barefaced honesty of it. So like, yeah. just please, just DQ yourself, mate. I fucking love that so much. Suplex from the apron to the floor by Jericho, which you can tell Punk is banged up at this point. Mm. Like it's no secret that Punk was hurting all the time, and when he became champion and was, you know, regardless of his positioning here, he was headlining the house shows. He was doing loads of fucking stuff. He was doing a lot of media. He was hurting. You see all the documentaries. He's like, yeah, I'm glad I'm straight edge and don't have to take any painkillers. I don't need painkillers. I've got juice. Oh. Where's my ice coat? Where's <laughs> just remove all the blood from my body and replace it with ice, please? <laughs> Jericho works over Punk's back. Punk makes a comeback, and I will say the crowd was fairly flat. There were lots of times where people were trying to get CM Punk chance going, and I think that maybe you didn't have enough people that were on the Punk train in this audience. No. No, and also I just think it has been a very long show at this point, and it's getting to the point in the night where everyone's probably itching for that main event. So yeah. I kind of just want to get this match out of the way. It's kind of a shame. Like, it is. It's really, really bad. A great match. I mean, you get loads and loads of counters here. Like, Y2J goes for the line salt, but it gets countered. But Y2J counters the counter, but then Punk counters the counters, counter, counter, counter. Help! <laughs> CM Punk goes for his crappy elbow, which is uh, countered again. There you go. And then he just goes, uh, Right! <laughs> like he does his elbow, he gets it and goes right. You know, like David Cameron, like do 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 do. We get, and I promise this is the last one now. Our final grunt of the night this evening Ooh. from Mr. Chris Jericho because he'd be unfortunate not to include. He is Chris. in the Grunt Hall of Fame. He is. He's <laughs> a- Thank you. That's the exact grunt we have here when he uh, does a front suplex onto Punk onto the ropes, and he makes this horrible noise. <laughs> There it is. Codebreaker, but Punk falls out of the ring. GTS, Chris Jericho gets his foot on the ropes. Mm. You are really getting a great story here, these two being like kind of equals and all that. I do love as well the whole thing that they're playing off. Like, you know, they Punk used to do the double underhook onto the knee, like YTJ did. And Jericho like makes sure he does that move in the match as well. And people were making fun of the fact that Jericho did say in an interview ages ago that he invented something. And people were... There was a meme going around about Jericho inventing yeah. it, and it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't in on the joke originally, but he managed to turn that and make it so that he was in on the joke. And that was really, really good. Jericho reverses a hurricane into the walls. Punk does a springboard and gets hit with a code breaker. Fucking reverse a mania here, though. We got GTS into the walls, and then we get the Anaconda Vice, and Jericho is struggling. And I love this story they tell here. It's a real subtle thing. He has him in the vice, and Jericho gets out of it because he manages to get the knees to the back of Punk's head. Punk gets it in a second time and alters it, and you see Jericho, the knees going up. I do love that finish. Oh, no, so really beautiful. Great. Really, the finish made the match for me. I will say, I remember like thinking, I was really pissy at the time that people were down on this match, and the crowd were not as into it as mm. I felt they should have been. I will say, watching this back, it was really, really great. Yeah, yeah really I really thought it was good. Amazing. I'd liken it very much to Punk and Orton from the year before. I thought it was a really good match that didn't get the dues it deserved from the mm. crowd. If the crowd were into it and it had the build of a main event, this would have been a main event quality match, for sure. But it's really funny watching this and just kind of, you know, you can see right now, like, you know, Punk, it's not going to turn around. If you're not happy now, you're not going to get happier because this is the WrestleMania closest to the pipe bomb. I really would have liked the tattoo ending that Jericho and Punk pitched. Oh, yeah. What's this? I don't know this. So Jericho wanted there to be a moment where I don't think he was going to win a match, but he was going to jump Punk after a match, have a bunch of people hold him down and tattoo. It was either tattoo the word Jericho 
or like a reference to drugs on Punk's body. Ooh. And Punk, all for it. Yeah. And they took it to Vince, and Vince was like, yeah, do it. Absolutely do it. And then somebody whispered in Vince's ear that there'll be a little bit of blood, by the way, because of the needle. And Vince was like, never do this because oh. there'd be a little bit of blood from the needle but so imagine so. that Jericho tattooing that would amazing so the only fucking tattooing gimmick we ever get is fucking Val Venus tattooing Albert's big fat feckin arse yeah. <laughs> and that happened on like a random raw for fuck's sake oh god Brodus Clay for a long segment something special tonight. I want everybody to reach down in their pockets and pull out their phones. Because we're going to call somebody. Uh-oh. Get your phone, Michael. And not just anybody. We're going to call our mamas. Mama, mama, it's brothers. Mama, can you hear me now? Mama. Yeah, mama, we at WrestleMania, mama. Ah, oh, I don't have time for that right now, mama. Mama, I sure wish you was here, mama, to see all this greatness. Say what? You here? Mama, you here? You brought the bridge club. Okay, I'll tell everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, my mama, Mama Clay! Mama Clay? Mama Clay's here? She brought her bridge club? Oh, look at that! Oh, yeah! Look at Mama go! I do distinctly remember watching this and thinking every second this goes by is a second that Brian and Seamus mm-hmm. could have been putting on a fucking clinic. What? Isn't the story of this that they were going to cut it? Yes. And then Cena disappeared after a conversation with Funkasaurus. He said that he told Michael Hayes, because they, they were cutting this segment so that Rock and Cena could come on earlier, and Cena said to Hayes, oh, I need the toilet, so you'll have to just put this on instead. And like Hayes said, how long do you need? And Cena literally just turned to Brodus and said, how long will your skit take? Like, just go out and do it. Which sounds like a really nice, oh, way to go, Cena, but it fucking means that this we, happens. Yeah, but we have to see But you this. know what, that, that fucking doubly proves the point. Has there been anyone who they fucking gave a gimmick on a place to, a fucking silver platter to make money and just fucking go with it and give it a fucking chance and the person doing it has constantly looked mortified and unenthused. Fuck me, Brodus Clay, it's WrestleMania. Mm. Fucking smile. I fucking hate this because the whole time you watch him, he's like, oh, I should be a big killer. Fucking hell, man, it's wrestling. Do your job. Boy. Do yeah. your fucking job. And everyone helped him with this. Yeah. You know, he had Dusty Rhodes, the Road Dog, all the riders. They were all there fucking pitching and helping him. Because you know what? Cole Cabana said this on his podcast number of times, and I agree with it so much. He said it's like the Honky Tonk Man or the Fandango gimmick. There's certain gimmicks that you can be given, and even if you're on TV for two fucking weeks, 
you can make a living on the indies for the rest of your life. And why do people come to see the Funkasaurus on paper? Not to see him take bumps or hurt himself or hurt other people. They seem to dance and have a fucking good time. And he could have had the sweetest spot in wrestling. Yeah. How long did Santino have a career for in WWE? And he was going to have that, I say, times 10. Because he really could have done it if he gave it a fucking go. And this whole thing here, he's not... He, look, look, he even fucking prepared for this yeah. thing. He doesn't give a shit. All these women Stumbled come out. over his line. Yeah. yeah! Hey, it's WrestleMania. So we're going to call our mama. Ugh. Mama, it's WrestleMania. Yes, I know you're disappointed in me, mama. <laughs> well, mama, I really think I should be squashing people. Well, I played wrestling game when I was younger and I made a character on it and I really liked it and sometimes when I'm on my own I like to think about wrestling things that I'd like to do and this isn't it and well, I guess that I'm just not going to try here tonight. Sometimes, sometimes I hate wrestling Yeah, and that's one of these moments. I would rather watch The Rock set fire to his own name in giant letters again Ugh. than watch this. This is the worst live segment I've ever seen at wrestling. I think they could have made this work. They're mm. surely the, no. Not saying that they could have. Obviously, the dancing ladies, the bridge club is mm. fucking dumb. But they could have had Funkasaurus come out and do a fun little thing That's like true. that with Laurinaitis or something stupid like that. Yeah. It, this show was crying out for a segment like that yeah. for a little brevity you know have fucking him and Santino and Mick Foley do a fucking dance with the Donegal Catch lads I don't care this was just like I don't know I hate it absolutely hate it thank Christ that at the very least the some goods come of it is that Naomi is pretty much unscathed like Naomi doesn't really like get tarred with this brush anymore like no one yeah. really remembers her days as one of the uh, it's funny because the funky that they made such a bad job at distinguishing between them that no one remembers I think that Naomi was in it yeah thank Christ unfortunately Cameron was not, not as fortunate about mm. that but you'll always be the bomb.com in our books here at the AE podcast coming up next once in a lifetime asterisk it's John Cena taking on the people's champion the Rock. The Rock versus John Cena, WrestleMania 28. The best part about all of this. Two icons in their prime. Me, John, and the fans. It's once in a lifetime. WrestleMania is like no other night. We say it and it becomes cliched, but it's showcase of the immortals, memories are made. It's taken on a whole life of its own. It's become mythical even before it happens. It is the grandest stage them all. Rock versus Cena, WrestleMania, once in a lifetime. Epic. stars in this industry. They have a desire to be the best. They need success like they need air. A desire to be in the spotlight. And they will both put everything they have into getting that air. to win more. 
John Cena needs to win this match to validate that he is who he says he is. Brock has to prove to the entire world that he still has what it takes. These are two guys that are going to go out there and paint the ultimate masterpiece. I think it's going to be one of the best matches that we've ever seen because it's destined to be that. The promo video for this was really disappointing because the promo video for this was just clips from a mini documentary that they did, yeah. which is basically putting them both over. Yeah. John's great, Rock's great. They both need to win. Here they go. These two fucking hated each other. Mm. We were watching some of the promos these boys were doing in the run-up to this, and The Rock was being got to. Yeah, oh yeah, he was rattled. Now, we need to talk about The Rock's promo that he did. The 22-minute promo, we did fucking time it, and we sat down, we watched it start to fucking finish, where The Rock had full Stuart Lee notes on his fucking hand there and his wrist. Oh, tr trust me, trust me. We're gonna get into some chants all night long, trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, th now this may come as a shock to a lot of people. To a lot of people, clearly somebody in the back. But I'm not here every single week. I was here. I was here every single week for years and years. That was my job, and I loved it. You see, The Rock, The Rock was born and created here in the WWE. And I, and I also know, I also know, and I know this, this is my truth. If it weren't for the WWE, and were not for all of you, The Rock would never exist. When I came back and said I was back and I was never going away, I meant it. Now, now did it mean that I was that I was gonna be back at every single Raw, every night, every SmackDown, every live event. No, that's not what it meant. And that was not what was ever expected. But if someone in the back, and you know who I'm talking to, wants to take that literally, then you go right ahead and you take it literally. Because unlike you, and you know who I'm talking to, I respect the audience's Damn, I love that chant. I mean, really, that's a good one. <laughs> now, now. He had his promo laid out for him, what to say, mm -hmm. and he comes out, and I think, without question, it was one of the worst promos The Rock did. And you're like two weeks out from WrestleMania, yeah. and he's, he, there's literally a moment where he turns to the crowd and goes, 
oh, don't worry. We're going to get to do some chants in a few minutes. <laughs> like, not only is it, like, one of the, the worst rock promo ever, I definitely put it up there with, like, worst promo ever mm. altogether. Just in terms of expectation and what yeah, actually yeah. happens. And the more so than we said previously, where The Rock is given free reign and John Cena is in the handcuffs. Like, The Rock basically cuts the shittest, longest, dullest promo ever. Where he literally just goes... John, I saw you eat Kung Pao chicken. You're a Kung Pao bitch. Wait for like a minute. Mm-hmm. Guys, chant Rocky. That's my favourite. <laughs> he literally says, chant Rocky. That's my fucking favourite. Yeah, sad. And John Cena is not allowed to come out and go, Jesus fucking Christ. That was rubbish. Yeah. That's it? Kung Pao bitch? You're fucking losing it, mate. He, what your promo fucking written on your wrist here? Like? Well, that's the thing. He kind of does. He does as much as he can. Like you can tell that he would love to tear apart Rock's promo, but he does just make as much fun of him as he can do. He does it in and, such a passive-aggressive way. Yeah, like making fun of how the Rock has his promo on his wrist, and like you can see Rock get rattled by that, like straight Cause away. Because the scene of Lee's and the Rock is meant to like tie all together. The Rock's like, well, I'll do- John and. Re- at the grandest rep, at the the grandest stage of WrestleMania, the people. If you smell, <laughs> it's like you, John. It's like you to come out, run your mouth, and then walk away before I slap the lips off your face. But I tell you what, it doesn't surprise me. You come out here now, you confuse the world. You don't like The Rock. You like Dwayne Johnson. Hate Dwayne Johnson. What you got? Let me tell you something, John. You're back there listening right now. You're back there listening right. Let me tell you this. John, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. That is the same man, the same man in here. Is the exact same man out there. The exact same man. The, and the exact same man, John. But the difference between me and you, you come out here, you run your mouth about being tough. You ain't tough. I know it and you know it. The bottom line is this, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, the people's champ, the great one, the most electrifying man in all of entertainment. It doesn't matter, John. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters, and you're back there listening, is that what I'm going to do on the biggest stage of of WrestleMania, the biggest match of all time, The Rock, all the nicknames you want to throw, team bring it worldwide, we're going to kick your candy ass all over WrestleMania. If you're some Rock will slag off Cena, because we watched a couple of these promos, and the format is Rock slags off Cena. Cena comes out, genuinely defends himself, makes some good points, and shuts Rock down, and then... And then gets booed. And then... And then Rock just goes on about how Cena doesn't care about the people. Like, the people is all the Rock has at this point. He's got his catchphrases, and he's got the people. That's his crutch. Cena did do a little thing where he's like, you know, I don't want a visitor coming in here. I'm resting for these guys in the back. He's basically saying, we don't want part-timers coming in yeah. here. And The Rock is like, oh, you're resting for those guys? Well, I'm resting for the people. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, whatever. Of course you are. You're a fucking baby face. And of course, we would arrive at the eventual point where The Rock has to explain when he said that he is never, ever going away of course the rock didn't literally mean fucking obi-wan the rock kenobi over here so what i said was true from a certain point of view (laughs) bullshit rock you blue ghost motherfucker you lied to me i must say the rock had lost a lot of his luster in the build up to this even still 
there were huge amounts of fans and a lot of people who were joining in here like last year because they wanted to see The Rock beat up John Cena. And honestly, what happened between 27 and 28 was of little importance to most people because mm. people wanted to see The Rock beat up John Cena. That's it. End of. I remember at this point in time, because at 27, I was like, I want The Rock to beat his ass up. At this point, I didn't care about either lad mm. because yeah. The Rock, I was down on him because the promos were hokey. He had a few standout bits here and there. But mostly speaking, when it was face-to-face, it fell apart at the seams. And that fucking wrist promo was the worst no. one ever. And I still had a huge build-up and a bank of John Cena resentment from the old days. So I went to this main event at the time, fucking hating both of them. Mm. I'm going to this now, really have an appreciation for John Cena that I didn't have yeah. back in 2012. It's a very alien versus predator, whoever wins <laughs> <or> <laughs> So we get a really, really, really long build-up for this one with Flo Rida and Puff Daddy and uh, MGK. Yeah, I don't know what was going on here. They introduced P. Diddy, yeah. who doesn't do any music. He gets booed as yeah. well. He introduces, Why does he get booed? He introduces people called MGK, who I can only describe as the American N-dubs. Yeah, pretty much. I him, have yeah. no fucking clue who these people head. are. It's Machine Gun Kelly. He's the bloke who Kevin Owens powerbombed. Oh, yeah. He looks like a lad who The Rock would make fun of during yeah, the edge. 78-pound yeah. head, a bunch of Mickey Mouse tattoos. <laughs> I love as well, they're singing that song. You know, the voices in the air, mm. the mysterious lady, singing sad How come in all these songs, the ladies are always so sad when they're singing? I don't, I don't know what it is. But then he just turns and he goes, Tonight, millions worldwide are going to tune in to see one of the world's biggest underdogs beat up one of the world's biggest egos. Yeah. And it was really sad. Like the fucking the woman who's singing, she's got an amazing voice. Because yep. so many times they like they'll play the fucking promo song and it's all like you know auto synced and all that jazz. Mm. And then they come out and they do the song and it's like you know we're motorhead, we're here to kick your ass. Yeah. She's like one of the best fucking actual pure singers they ever get. And you can tell as soon as Machine Gun Kelly like gets the fans to boo her, and that's it, the song is over, and she's like. The fuck? He just literally turns around and walks away. Like, just walks off. I got my good white jumpsuit out for this. I felt so bad for these poor musicians. And Flo Rida does two songs. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does two halves of a song. He does a half a song, gets bored, and does another half a song. <laughs> which is how I listen Billy to my music. Playlist. So I can appreciate that. But what is Flo Rida got next to his backing dancers? A Tron motorbike. I don't know. There's a Tron motorbike there. I have no idea why. Maybe he's kind of there with The Rock, which is like, nostalgia is our power. Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. <laughs> Tron. Remember Tron? Frank Sinatra. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Remember waking up 6 a.m. Yeah. Having a big bowl of cereal Christmas morning. Remember Christmas. Remember your mum and dad. Love. Being a child. Love. Love me. Please love The Rock. He gets a big yay when he comes out. <laughs> Good old job there, rocking. And then John Cena gets a massive boo. Yeah. Hometown advantage here. Maybe crowd a little bit sweeter <laughs> for, for the rock. Um. You can barely hear the commentary over the yeah. Cena chance. Big stare then at the start. Too long a stare down. And I will say, you know what? They chant, let's go Cena. Cena sucks. Rock's name ain't in there. No, that's you know? no. And I think that's very fucking telling. Very telling. Very, very telling indeed. 
They start off with some tests of strength, some grappling, both men showing off the power. And, you know, you can tell straight away, The Rock, much like in Survivor Series, The Rock is, you know, fucking ready to go here. He looks awesome. He's fucking jacked up as shit. He's smooth. He's crisp. It's um, one of The Rock's better matches, I think, that he actually has here tonight. In the opening minutes, where obviously it's a little bit slow to start off with, you have a huge stare down and a bit of grappling. It takes a while to really get things going. The commentary, so fucking bad. Like, they've been waiting a year for this match. And you have lines from Jerry where he goes, this is, this is fun. This is great feeling. All time great feeling. That's ninety three thousand. Not good enough for a main event that's been building. It's not for a no, year. and like, they, they're really awkward as well. They just keep talking about like oh, the Rock's not wrestling. You know, he's got ring rust. Mate, he wrestled like three yeah, months ago. Yeah. You remember? know he can wrestle. I know it's never before and never again, but that means you should remember it at least. I mean, they clearly haven't watched Survivor Series, or they don't no, want you to think about Survivor not even Series. Mentioned it. Do you remember when they tagged team together a few months ago? No mention. Well, we know that 800,000 of you watching here tonight didn't see Survivor Series, so we're just <laughs> assuming, you know? Rock gets out of a bear hug from Cena. Cena does work heel pretty much, you know, not in terms of his mannerisms, but he's doing the well, slowdown spots. He? Yeah, he's yeah. wearing the Rock down. Rock looks for the people's elbow. We got a counter to the STF, though, a really cool moment. Cena goes for his five moves of doom. Boo! Cena sucks. He's cancer with his five moves of doom. The Rock goes for his five moves of doom. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, Rock. It's something I've always hated, and it's a thing that young fans particularly do, where they go on about, oh, Cena with his same moves. Yeah. John Cena, Randy Orton, Kevin Nash. Kevin, Kevin Nash didn't, didn't even have it as a comeback. That was just his moves full stop. <laughs> and according to Cornette, even if you include the fucking hair flip. Um, <laughs> Hogan, Rock, Austin. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Your top guy, you have five moves of doom. Get over it. Mm. And Bret Hart had five moves of doom. Mm. Ric Flair had one move of fucking doom. Yeah. Maybe three. You know, it's, it's. I just think there's so many times where people just can't admit that they just don't like John Cena. Yeah. We have to give it a reason. It's okay to not just not like something. Yeah, just don't it's get okay it. It's okay if fine. it's just not for I you. hate the Black Ranger. We know that. Okay? <laughs> That's just something that. And it's not based on anything. He's a fine Power Ranger. His Zorg is great. People just. Make out like John Cena has offended them somehow and he's done something wrong. He's not the devil. No, he's not. He's basically doing all the tropes of wrestling that all wrestlers have always done. And you can't start hating that now just because you don't like his fucking t-shirt, you know? Rock mocks John Cena's You Can't See Me and immediately gets the attitude adjustment. That was a really cool moment. And they get a kick out from that. Rock hits the rock bottom and get a kick out from that as well. Cena kills The Rock with that incredibly dangerous top rope leg drop thing. Big sunset flip by John Cena. And I must say, The Rock, less so in this match than Survivor Series. Because Survivor Series, he was busted out like, whoa, The Rock can do that shit? And what's The Rock doing his Ken Plex here, you know? Whereas John Cena in this match is starting to bust out moves like the sunset flip and, you know, stuff he didn't do before. He's doing like belly to belly suplexes. Yeah. And you know what? Every year John Cena adds a few moves to his arsenal and he doesn't need to. He's just trying to prove this point that he just needs to prove. I like that he wants to prove that point though. Like, you can so easily just rest on your laurels and just be like, yeah, we spent a year building up to this match, but I'm just going to do the same match I would do with Randy. I'll just do it with you. I like that he at least feels the need to go out of his way to give a little extra and because John is like you know wearing the rock down in control for a lot of this he is wrestling a different match by default because mm. he's wrestling you know not as an underdog different for the first style. time ever uh, STF gets locked in on the rock 
The Rock looks like he's about to pass out. You can tell it's not a very smart crowd when his hand goes down once and loads of people go, And this Mark Henry's there, stop! <laughs> so yeah, it's three times, guys. Don't worry, it'll be okay. And you know, he starts to rally up, goes for a slug fest. The Rock hits the people's elbow. We get a kick out, which rarely we got from the people's elbow. Yeah. You know, if he was to pin him after, that was it. You know. Cena now looks like he's des- he goes for roll-ups. Like he keeps going for small packages, quick, you know, schoolboys. I love that little story they're telling that he is getting desperate at this point. And he's acting his socks off as well. The amount of times the camera pulls in on Cena's face and just like the sheer emotion that's going on, like he do- he's not like upset, but you can tell he's starting to get frustrated now. Like he rarely loses his cool Cena, but like mm. there's points here where like, you know, the rock kicks out and he like he adjusts his hat and he's like, fine speech, but I know that was that was a three count. Like, yeah, he's talking to the ref, like, are you serious, bro? Like he's still smiling and everything, but you can tell it's getting to him. There's one towards the end where he's like, I like, think it's after one of the rock's big kickouts, and he's like, Look, I know we're in Miami, but that was a three count. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Rock gets a top rope cross body in, and then Cena, according to Michael Cole, Pouring, pouring, pouring. Why is it that every time Cena gets that, you know, catches him, rolls through, it's fucking Michael Cole is a big 10 o'clock shit. Like, wakes up in the middle of the night, takes a dump the size of Mount Rushmore in his fucking toilet bowl. Cena goes for the people's elbow. Nope. Gets to rock bottom and he pays for his hubris. The rock picks up the victory in Miami you get the image of John Cena sitting on the ramp as the fucking fireworks go off with tears in his eyes he looks like he's fucked up because he kept saying in the promos he has to win because I spent 10 years and no one remembers second place mm-hmm. I've risked everything I've been injured so many times and it'll all be for nothing and lo and behold it seems like it's all for nothing. And it was his own fault as well. Like, yeah. It was him being cocky and arrogant and thinking he could do the people's elbow that cost him the match. Fucking beautiful finish. I love that finish. Yeah, it was so the right good. finish to do because yeah. they were playing off in the build-up to this. They were literally saying, everyone knows, particularly the people who are going to boo me, that I'm going to win because mm. that's what I do. And you all hate it, but I win. Because Cena was basically untouchable at this point. This mm. was when Cena being pinned is like, no, not happening. Rock in Miami, it was the right way to do it. Straight away after this, people were talking rematch. Really? Yeah. Literally, as soon as this was over, it's like, you got to think they're going to do a rematch. Because the Rock, the only way they were saying that the Rock was going to win here is that they're going to do a rematch. Yeah, see, that yeah, was the only that. way they would do it. Thoughts on the match? I must say, watching it the first time, I... You know, I, this is only the second time I've ever seen it. Mm. The first time, I guess, combination of being tired and being burnt out and honestly not caring a lot. This time, I was a lot more invested, being much more of a Cena fan than I had been previously and like paying a lot more attention to it. I really like this match. I don't know, what do you guys think? It's my second time watching it as well. And it wasn't that I didn't care the first time, but I remember the first time we saw it, I was almost going out of my way to hate it. Like, I had a serious axe to grind. So I just got back into wrestling. I really like this CM Punk guy. The Rock's been all lame. I've never liked John Cena because everyone else doesn't like John Cena, so I shouldn't either. And I just kind of wanted it to be a shit match just out of like a sort of a wrestling fanish, like, yeah. fuck this fucking booking, man. Watching it again, like you say, I think we've all got a better appreciation for Cena now. It's a really good match. It's yeah. a really, really good match. It's a hell of a main event. Uh, it's one of the few cases where you've got a main event like that where I feel like the story and the promos and the hatred that was built up 
came off from that match really, yeah, really clean. Really, really, really well. well. What do you think, Billy? I hated every second of it. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? Do tell, do tell. Uh, so, this is, like you, second time I've ever seen this match. Uh, first time I was just thoroughly bored by it. But since then, I have gained an appreciation for Cena like you guys have. And I've gained an appreciation for The Rock by doing the podcast. Yeah. So now, those two things have sort of come to a head... Where those two guys I have now gained massive amount of respect for has, uh, you know, has appeared, and I just find it so boring. It, well, it's say that so it, boring. It didn't live up to your hype, I'm guessing. It was it was so much worse than I than I remember it being. What do you mean in terms of pacing or just just, just the match? Not I just, the, the, the announcers are saying boredomish. You do have pockets of quiet cred, I'd say. That I, I just thought every second of it was dull. Wow. wow! I just really wasn't into it at all. It's like bell to bell. It's not a particularly long match. It's like it's such an easy match to watch. I was finding ways to distract myself when I was really? watching it. I couldn't stay focused on it wow. at all. I was just like, oh, let's have a look at the emails. <laughs> what are my YouTube subscriptions like at the moment? Any more dog videos? <laughs> and I just couldn't. I, just, I, I was wow. just so bored by this match. And I know that it gets... So much worse yeah, next WrestleMania. I was going to say, if you don't like this one, I fucking, you know, you're not going to like the next one. No, one. <laughs> really didn't like it. Did not care for it. Wow. So there you go. WrestleMania 28. A pay-per-view, which in retrospect, fucking stinks. Mm. I yeah. really didn't like this. And even though, on paper, it seemed like way more so than 27, that they were giving the guys a bit more chance to shine, and the non-part-timers, look, here's Punk, you know, he's getting his big title match. Felt rinky dink. Yeah. It felt like there were so many matches here where it was just match for the sake of a match. You don't really care about Big Show and Cody. We know that. You don't really care about this Daniel Bryan guy. We don't, you know, you, we're here for the main event. Mm. So they didn't. Once again, you had eyes on this show that would not be there normally. And I don't think anyone who was on this show who you didn't know beforehand was going to make you go, holy shit. Yeah. Because you, you probably liked Taker and, and Triple H if you saw this and you were a, a lapsed fan from the Attitude Era. You probably were happy to see The Rock win just because Rock beat John Cena fucking A. Are you really honestly going to turn around after that Brian encounter or after Cody or after that women's match or after Team Johnny and kind of go, well, I've got to tune in and see what happens from well, here. You might tune in the next night on Raw and then realise that The Rock's not there, Triple H isn't there, Undertaker's not there, and then you are left with all those guys that they just made look like nobodies. Yeah. And there's no reason to keep watching it. What you did get, if you tuned in the next night, though, was Brock Lesnar debuting once again. Of course. Again. It was actually by the time, halfway through the show, the, the word was out that Lesnar was apparently coming back. So there was a buzz in the air again. Now, not to say that Lesnar coming back is them trying to recapture the Attitude Era, but without doubt, The Rock's appearance here set that precedent that WrestleMania needs to have a big part-time name coming in with mixed results over the years. I will probably say, uh, we're going to look at some of these other pages coming up, I don't think they had a more successful part-time go of it than this year when you had Taker and, and Triple H and then Rock in that main event. Mm. Every other time it was imperfect. I still feel so sorry for Big Dave. I know, yeah. right? Big he, Dave he at 30. Worst. He got hard done by and it was because of the precedent that was set here and I think 
what works for The Rock doesn't necessarily work for other people. No. And I think that they were bitten bad by that. So it's interesting to see where they kind of go from there because the part-time thing is something which led to Punk, you know, really becoming disgruntled with the company. A lot of people becoming disgruntled with the company. It's still something that's going on. We just had Goldberg come back. So that's really now, like, if we're going to be looking at this further, at the Attitude coming back, is there long-term value in bringing a guy back for one show? Mm. You got over a million buys for this WrestleMania. It was, a, it was a huge, huge buy race. The Rocket pointed that and go, there you go. Yeah. You know, and he made big money, big impact. Much more so than Survivor Series, where it made literally no impact mm-hmm. at all. So I guess the formula is part-timer and WrestleMania and no time else. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not worth it. What are you guys' overall thoughts on WrestleMania 28? Better than I actually remembered it being. I remembered it as being an absolute trash WrestleMania. So I went in with such low expectations. And actually... A lot of the wrestling was good, it was just everything else was terrible. Cody versus Big Show, I liked that match. I liked the Hell in a Cell, I liked Y2J in Punk, I liked the main event. It was just, when it was bad, it was so bad. Like the women's match, the, the big tag, the, all, all the skits, did like you every watch, segment. Did you watch this in parts or in one lump? Because I watched this in oh, one fucking five hour fucking lump. Fucking hell! Because no, I'm an idiot, in case you don't know. <laughs> I took like four sittings to get through this. Because yeah. like, the wrestling is good, but every fucking segment or skit or interview were all so horrible and just un-WrestleMania-y. It's so funny as well looking at this and I got this, you know, nostalgic. God, I remember when WrestleMania was only four hours long as opposed to eight. <laughs> Billy, thoughts on the show? Uh, it was a show of two matches for me. That being the Hell in a Cell and the WWE Championship match. Mm. The rest, I didn't really care for. Like you said, the Cody Big Show match was whilst it was good it told the wrong story mm. still sour about 18 seconds Randy versus Kane was boring the Divas match might as well have not even been there <laughs> yeah and who the fuck cares about Teddy and Johnny yeah seriously so the only thing left to do then is match of the night MVP Adam match of the night would definitely be Punk and Jericho I'd say I love the main event it was great but in terms of an actual wrestling contest that tells a story that progresses throughout the match. Definitely Punk and Chris Jericho. I like. Obviously, it made sense for Rock and Cena to go on last, but I'm I'm sad that they never got to do that as an actual main event. Yeah. Where it's like you've had the majority of the TV time for the past few weeks, and we've really pushed you and hyped you up for this because that could have been an explosive ending to a WrestleMania. Absolutely. MVP. I'm going to go with the Undertaker because I think his performance in that match, like, you said there was um, moments where he was really humanised, and you fucking never ever get that with Undertaker, especially not at this point before the streak had been broken, he was still mythical, so... It's kind of great because there was parts of this match that would make you, like, anticipate future streak matches, which I didn't think would have been possible, because it's like, every year, seems like a little bit more of Taker's left behind, you know? That's what I liked about that. The bit at the end, when they were all stood on the stage, like, you know, doing the sort of curtain Big dad hug. Yeah, I just had this real weird moment of like, fuck me, Undertaker is the most fascinating man in wrestling, and we still know so little about him. Yeah. And this is really one of those performances where I just, I can't even put my finger on it. There's something about The Undertaker at WrestleMania that made me go, Yeah. He's so good. Billy. Match of the night it is easily the Hell in a Cell. Trips and takes. It's, <laughs> I can't express how much I love this match. Mm. Yeah. Truly great match. And 
for MVP is a three-way tie. Three-way. Three-way tie. For fuck's sake! We're gonna have to start no, calming down. No, Most valued people. No, purely because without each of these people, the match wouldn't have. The match would have been missing something. They right. all came together to to make an amazing thing, and that's trips, takes, and HP cakes for my MVPs. If you take any one of them out, the I match would have been missing something. I can't sincerely hear your point now. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it. I'm delicious cakes now. <laughs> Sorry, man. But you take, take any one of them out. If Sean wasn't there as special guest referee, mm. you know, it wouldn't have had the, the same emotion. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single one of them brought it in. I mean, if I was to choose one of them for like MVP above them, I probably would choose Sean, yeah. which is something like... I wouldn't expect because I fucking hate Shawn Michaels. And he was the ref. And he was the ref. <laughs> but those three together told like one of my favourite stories in a wrestling match. Yeah. And yeah. they couldn't have done it, just two of them. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'd say match tonight is definitely that uh, Hell in the Cell. And what I like most about it is that you were able to draw on the previous three years of WrestleMania. Yeah. That story that started at WrestleMania 25 and kind of I felt finished here. What a lovely story that spans over those those years, you know, with Michaels trying and failing and then Triple H trying and failing and yet not getting, like the closest we get to being bored was 27. And I really thought this was a match where I was like, oh Jesus, they're just putting them in a hell in a cell just to cover up the fact they're probably even more immobile than last year. And they showed that if you're an established character, you can get that reaction and you can get invested in a match with things like a look or a phrase or just a little moment. I didn't need to see Undertaker fucking doing a suicide dive or Triple H going off a cell or you know people being fucking smashed. They, they went at it like it was a hard-hitting match. But that, they kind of have the formula there of how you do that kind of emotional match. It's not just spots. That's, that's the match you should show yeah. people where it's like, look, it doesn't need to be spots. It can be a fucking huge war but include these little bits along the way. Yeah. I love this. MVP, I'm gonna have to say it's The Rock, because no more so than begrudgingly admitting that Donald Trump helped them break a million buys at 23 when they had no you know, business breaking a million buys. If you look here at WrestleMania 28, where they had something hot that started 27, they bungled it along the way. There's no question that they bungled the, the, the build along the way. There were moments where people stopped caring and they did bring them back, but they it wasn't smooth sailing and it couldn't have been over 12 months. You had a pipe bomb, you had money in the bank happen, and then you had all that cool down and so many mistakes along the way, which I won't get into for, for fear of spoiling future episodes. And yet they managed to do all of that and still bring in more than a million people. And the reason was, was because The Rock had that name value and I think he delivered. Because if you watched this show, unlike 27, you would not have been disappointed because what you expected to happen happened. You walked away happy if you were one of those fans because The Rock was The Rock. He did all The Rock things. He wrestled a great match. He looked exactly like you remember The Rock looking. He was exactly as you wanted him to be and he beat John Cena. Everyone went home happy. So actually, I think he did a fucking fantastic job on that front. So he has to be my MVP, even though there's no doubt that The Rock is not as good as he was. No. 
you know? It's just like you look and you see The Rock and how effortless some of the stuff was previously. I'm talking about the promos here. Yeah. I, I don't say it's the arrogance, but it's the fact that The Rock feels like he can go out in front of a crowd for 20 minutes and be like, fuck, I got just this. Yeah, do all one. You know what? After WrestleMania 27 and the people's water, you should know fucking better yeah. at this stage, mate. You know? I am not excited for what comes next. Because what comes next is The Rock coming back. Because The Rock figures he's announcing a Raw 1000, then he's going to uh, have himself a championship match. The Royal Rumble, ladies and gentlemen, where The Rock is going to come back and take on the WWE Champion and get himself a title match. I wonder how this one's going to end up. That's going to do it for this episode of the Editor Podcast. It was not fun talking about WrestleMania 28, to be quite honest. But we're continuing on with our... uh, Fun times looking at 2011 and 2012 and The Rock's return. And as always, if you're listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, or on Stitcher Radio, make sure you leave a rating or review. Subscribe, go back and check out all our other episodes. All 60 episodes of the original series. Looking back, reviewing the Attitude Era and all the bonus episodes along the way. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast or give us a like on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us directly, best way, shoot us a message there on Facebook.com slash Attitude Podcast. Or you can always reach out to us on our email address, which is Podcast at gmail.com. Head on over to vimeo.com forward slash podcast if you want to see some more videos of our favorite moments from the show. And also don't forget to go and check out our store at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash podcast. If you're a fine purveyor of stuff and things such as myself and my two friends next to me, head on over to matthewsbotchamania.com for some fine stuff and things made of the finest silks. Don't harm <laughs> me with that brush, mate. I am not, I'm not a purveyor of stuff and things. Thank you very much. And if you want to support the Attitude Era podcast and get your access to some juicy Patreon-only content, head on over to patreon.com forward slash podcast and consider becoming one of our backers. For $1 per month, you get access to all of our show notes, all the madness that goes in to making the editor a podcast for five dollars you get access to me and adam's exclusive smackdown crawl reviews as we're going to review all of smackdown from the attitude era starting all the way back at episode number two if you become a ten dollar backer you get access to our monthly live stream and q a session and twenty dollars will make you a vip member of the glad gay community getting access to all of our previous commentary tracks all future commentary tracks for free and exclusive discounts on merchandise in the future as well as a few little fun things along the way. But that's going to do it for this episode of the AE Podcast. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. I will catch you next time at the Royal Rumble, where The Rock is definitely going to win. Far big show can grab something. Oh fuck! Fine <laughs> reach. <laughs> Fine reach. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Cena on holiday. Fine beach. <laughs> All right. Cena at the arboretum. Cena <laughs> at the arboretum. Nice beach. Fine beach. Fuck it. What did uh, John Cena say instead of "Oh, Captain, my Captain"?
Fine teach. Okay. <laughs> okay. You were saying about Snooky. 